This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Border here with me. I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Uh, doing the uh, first One Nation Radio here from my new desk setup. So, uh, you know, feels kind of official. You know, got got some monitors the other day, and I, I clamped on the uh, the damn holder the right way, and got this, you know, here comfortable desk now. So, um, yeah. You know, lots of shit to uh, go over, and you know, uh, we had some big shows, and. You know, we're a week away from the election, and I'm just like reading more stuff and hoping things go the right way. And man, it's and yeah, so uh, I am ready to do the show. Okay, so if you don't want to talk about the election stuff or whatever else, we ain't got to. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it'll be safe for next week or whatever else. Jesus Christ! But um, what I'm not going like. Uh, let slide is you talking about your mood and you were in anything but just elated and joyous uh, post marriage because for those that do not know they can go to TikTok and catch one Richard Lotta dancing his foolish ass off on TikTok what has it, what has gotten into you what has gotten into you is married life really that nice is it really that blissful <laughs> I gotta say, uh, the married life has been uh, very uh, easygoing, chill, relaxed, fun. Um, and you know, I, I was at my mom's house. Whenever I go to my mom's house, I tend to um, start doing TikTok videos because my mom is, has a big TikTok account. Like she's on there clowning all the time, so she encourages me, and I tend to, you know find some stuff that I, I find funny so uh, what I, I, when I saw this new thing I, I probably seen it a couple weeks ago it was like some little Yachty song and everybody's doing like this jig like movement and those of y'all know what the jig is okay. y'all had to see um, so I believe I might have um, sent something out uh, on Twitter uh, about it I, there's a video I put out on Twitter if you guys want to see it but um, yeah I, I plan to make that a nice little meme uh, to add in but yeah just having fun, man. You know, just you know, trying to trying to smile a little bit because you know, in a week or so, we might not be smiling no more. No, might be illegal. Pretty, it's a pretty fair point. It's a pretty fair point. You said it might be illegal. 
Well, only if you're not like a straight white man. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Uh, yeah. So I guess get the smiles in while you can. Yeah. Are we even gonna have the? Are we going to be allowed to have the internet after this? <laughs> if, it, if it goes, <laughs> you never life. know. You oh, never man. know. Oh boy! You never quite know. I, uh, like I want to say, like every uh, Saturday morning, there's like um, on the big intersection near me. There's a lot of people out there with a lot of different flags, or excuse me, a lot of the same flags. Um, <laughs> and you know, some of them are like American flag variants. If you guys get my hint. Um, <laughs> There's only uh, one group of people that tended to face the American flag, you know. Um, you know, those folks are out there, and I can imagine, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people going to be upset either way. Yeah. It's a good point you mentioned how they come out with these off-brand American flags, but I was like, so y'all get mad at people saying that people are disrespecting the flag. Meanwhile, y'all coming out with these off-brand Fugazi flags? What? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. <laughs> Like the like these are the you know the the poo boo of flags. Are you out here hanging that, riding around with that? Like it's, Look, it's, I can tell you, you know. I can tell you somebody that did, that didn't disrespect the flag, that didn't modify the flag at all. You know, Joel Santana didn't uh, you know didn't disrespect the flag. You know that man wore the original colors. You know, Dipset, Dipset. You know, back like cook crack version of Joel's. Yes. I ever tell you that I once thought of getting um that picture of him with the American flag, uh, with the bandana, that whole entire outfit. I actually thought of one time again a black t shirt of just him of that picture of him wearing that just cause Oh my god. <laughs> just like What the fuck is work Nick nigga should be saluting Santana everywhere he goes. Yes. <laughs> you know but, no, at first, before you even brought us into it, I thought you were gonna say uh, Kaepernick, which is true. Like he did, he 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 didn't disrespect the flag. Like that man was sitting as opposed to doing whatever else. Then turned him into after talking to someone in the military, um, you know, uh, to take a knee to so deference to the military because because you know apparently like those who are in they own this. right, they, so, they own this, yeah. And then that's what got him, and that's what got him even more mad. Which is like, okay. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that, that's not, nah, what you doing that you talk to the military, the military person about? That's not what that's about. This is about what I choose it to be. Oh, <laughs> you fucking assholes. Oh, the same shit four years. This has been a long four years, boy. Oh, man. Oh, you're yeah. right. Please don't let me know the phone. Get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> Um, do your part, you know, and do it the right way. You know, do do it the the one the official One Nation Radio way. You know, uh, we ain't gonna tell you what to do, but we gonna tell you what you should do. You know, we we got a lot of like international listeners too. I bet wondering like you know, you know what what the big deal is on this. But I, I'm sure y'all know this news breaks through. I'm sure we look crazy in these international streets. Please. Like just just this year alone, it's like, wait, y'all 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 phony behinds can't stay indoors and keep from catching this catching these fucking cooties, really? Y'all can't catch it. Y'all can't stop from catching this flim flam, really. Fun times. Yeah, man. You know, all people got to do is not show up like Kylie Ray, you know. 
That's, oh my god! You know, that's, that. that's all they got to do. Stay yeah, in the house. Yeah, the, no showing out there. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally forgot about that that um that part. Like I was listening to Observer um radio last night and to hear the story they're like yeah she just did not show up it's like you know at first people were like was this some bait and switch bullshit it's like nah actually they got fucked <laughs> <You know? laughs> like they got fucked <laughs> so they decided yeah. to go with what they went with but you know oh boy what a mess Hope everything's all right yeah yeah, same here. Like you know, um, they say that she's she's. Uh, I think uh, what? Did, how did Melzer term it? That she is physically safe. I think. I think she said. Yeah, he said it was not. Safe. It was not an injury. Right. 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 So, After initially, people thought it was an injury. So. Well, yeah, because like, people are recklessly recklessly speculating. And yeah. People are like, Man. "This is some goofy shit. What's going on?" Yeah. Oh, anyway, I guess we better get to it. Um, So, WWE Hell in a Cell last night. um, Usually a show that uh, for the last few years I have decried and uh, told them it was the downfall of this business. Uh, I remember last year at this time, I think we urged people to stop watching WWE. It was either that or the year before it was one of those years it was like either after the rollins and wyatt thing it was like stop watching this company like like it's not you know whatever you you used to love about it is over with it's gone like this is like some other shit now um but i'm proud to say that this year they didn't sink to those (laughs) low levels (laughs) um you know in, in contrast it was actually like you know, you start thinking about the last two years. It was like, man, this was damn good. But you know, we'll get into it. Yeah, um, if I remember correctly, last year's show, it was like a either like a good forty minutes or an hour. Like the first Hell in a Cell match, then the it was a tag match with Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns versus Luke and um, and Eric Rowan. Right. right. Yeah. Right. right. So it's like the that was like Sasha one of the Bailey worst Hell in a Cell. Yeah, so Sasha Bailey held on a cell, that tag match, and the rest of it sucked, including The Fiend versus Seth Rollins. And then the year before, um, the first Hell in a Cell match was, was great with Orton and Jeff Hardy. That, and the finish of the match was Jeff Hardy climbs to the top of the cell, falls off, um, to try to splash on Randy Orton, who was laid out on the table in the ring, and Orton moved out the way, and then the EMTs, you know, came in to try to haul him off, and then he said, no, this is a Hell in a Cell match, there is no such thing as ref stoppage or match being stopped until there, there is a decisive winner. He pins Jeff Hardy, and then a fucking main event gets ended between Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns, where Brock Lesnar runs in, hits him with two finishing moves, and then it's just called off and goes black as a no contest. So Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I remember last year, year. Last year, the crowd was chanting like they they did all the thunderous boos, chanting bullshit, refund, restart the match, AEW, and it was trending on social media for all the wrong reasons. Like, is you know, 
on Observer Radio, Meltzer was uh, saying that the main event was perceived by WWE as a disaster, and that's an understatement. And quite frankly, it was one of the worst professional wrestling pay-per-views of all time. <laughs> so, uh, luckily, we didn't have to uh, go down that you know road this year. You know, yeah. Um, this is a pay-per-view to where if you are a person that only cares about the matches that they care about and have promoted to you. Um, to be the match you're supposed to care about, then I would say the pay-per-view is a success. Because, um, you know, three matches, all of them, all three of them, at worst, are good. Um, one, I think, is great, regardless of what I think about the, um, the Nazi storytelling they told. Or, and the other one is, at worst, good, um, regardless of how much I loathe how slow it was. And then, the third one was just was a good solid match. Um, I think it's wonky that you know Randy Orton wanted out to get the fuck out the cage, get away from McIntyre. Was leave, about to leave a title match. He was going to walk away from the title match and then decided at the very end, oh yeah, I did put a fucking thing up there, um, a lead pipe to wop this man with. But whatever. Uh, but yeah, the rest, everything else on that card, like Lashley versus T Bar, yes, uh, not T Bar, Slapjack, Slapjack, um, the like Otis, zero Otis, star territory, Otis in the bank. Uh, what else is on that fucking card? I, I, uh, I, Elias and Jeff Hardy, yeah, zero star yeah, wrestling. The rest of that, the rest of that shit is is garbage. But yeah, so let's let's go through uh, match by match. Roman Reigns yeah. or, or Universal Title match. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso in a Hell in a Cell I Quit match. I was into it. Um, I liked their match last month better. I think uh, because you know we saw the format the first time. We see it the second time. It's not as effective. Especially when, you know, that Hell in a Cell is there and it's goofy and it's red and it's not like steel anymore. Like the Hell in a Cell mystique is like completely gone to me at this point. So um, it was cool that they spiced it up with the I Quit stipulation. Of course, they had to do some fuck shit, but uh, I think they went way too heavy handed on the melodrama this time. It was way too long. I felt like this match is way longer than the G1 final and turns out it was only, it was six minutes shorter, which I don't like time the sense of time must be broken or something but this match seemed like it went forever they should have chopped 15 minutes off of this um did less stalling and standing around less uh you know shakespearean dialogue in between every um thing and of course you know that's that's something they're trying and i hope you know the tribal chiefs matches don't tend to um break this way all the time but um, I, I was into it for, for a lot of it just because, you know, the, the story of it. I, I was there with them, but I just thought it went way too far past that past the point. It was like, you know, like a gumbo, right? Like in gumbo, they're adding all these different things to it. They're putting the chicken in there. They're putting the, the different meats. They're putting the rice. They're putting the everything. It was like, yo. <laughs> and then you uh, also... Actually, a better example. So you remember when you were like a little kid, right? And then you went to uh, get your drink from the, you know, wherever you're at eating in public. And they've got that that fountain where you could you have like the 20 flavors that you can pick out from. You got your Coke. You got your Sprite. You got your uh, Pepsi. You got all those. 
but what this match did was hit the flavor button on all of them. Like, <laughs> like, like they did so much with, to where by the time it was like, yo, this don't even taste right no more. Nah, okay, so... I get your I get where you're going with your with your gumbo analogy, right? Like I've seen people make goofy pops of, of gumbo, like where somebody puts in all the stuff that looks right, right? Like sausage and chicken and like um, the, you know, some people will put crawfish or cr- some type of crustacean in that bitch, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people will throw beer in there. Some, you know, their you know, old bay, their uh, crab boil stuff or whatever else, onions, garlic, corn, full uh, corn cobs. And then all of a sudden, like, I remember one time I was watching on TikTok, some goofy ass Louisiana put oranges in the fucking thing. And I was like, what? See? See, that's what I'm like, right? So your point is like, you can do all, you can throw a bunch of shit at the wall, but once, so, but all it takes is one thing to make people be like, all right, bro, this is beyond the pill. This is goofy now. <laughs> you putting fruits in the fucking gumbo pot. Yeah. So I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Like Johnny Gargano was upset he couldn't special ref this match and be like oh, yeah. Shawn Michaels in, in the Hell in a Cell with Undertaker and Triple H, you know, t- taking bumps and and being frightened and shit. Okay, so so much melodrama, like yeah, yeah, it, definitely. Um, if I were to, if I were to tell you back in 2017 that they're going to eventually turn Roman Reigns heel. It's every bit as awesome as you thought it could be. And oh, see- I love the tribal chief. And seemingly, the trade-off is he's going to have the bad Brock Lesnar matches. Except, instead of him suplexing somebody to oblivion, he talks and talks and talks. Would you take the trade-off? <laughs> Yes, quite okay. frankly. Okay. Um, because I, I think his career, like, I, I think they, you know, they did that guy a disservice for a lot of years. Yep. And the fans a disservice for a lot of years by not leaning into this. And now they're five years too late on this. Uh, I think I sent a message to finish. I was like, Roman Reigns is so fucking awesome. Why couldn't they have turned him like four years ago? He would be bigger than God right now. <laughs> if it, like, like he could already be back, but no. Um, I don't know. It, it, like there was, there were, there were things. I think there was a lot to like about this match, and there was a lot to dislike about it at the it, same it, time. This wasn't so, a bad match. Like I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to say that. Like this wasn't this was something that was um what were we talking about like when we go through the Jericho and MJF uh show tune thing like I'm not gonna shit on that saying that that match or that thing either was like creatively bankrupt both of these things have a lot of good stuff in there I would just say like the repetitive nature falling off a pay per view match you did the week before or the was it three four weeks five weeks before. And then you throw mm-hmm. in like some of the presentation stuff that is not on them. Quite frankly, it is on the cameramen that are supposed to be out here, you know, trying to uh, help these mat uh, these got these magicians like do the magic to where you kind of fall for the tricks. Like when, for example, Roman Reigns has Jay sandwiched against the post. 
and you're like, oh, okay, he's got the like use still steps and hit him, hit the the drive by into his head in theory, right? Like, hey, cameraman, how about you move so we don't see his fucking shoulder blocking it, blocking the post, so we know just know that like, oh yeah, that's completely fake. Like, help them. That's your fucking job. What do you get paid for? <laughs> so, like, this ain't this ain't totally on them. Like, these people are like these matches should or this match would have been better had had like they had some competency around the, them from the production side. But like, I, I I fully see a universe where like they trim they 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 do what you're talking about. Um, trim up the the camera work. Um, they shorten it. They make it more compact, right. more hard hitting, and more, quite frankly, violent. Right. Um, that's the main, like, that's the main to thing. Where this, like, to where this is, to where this is a match of the year candidate, right? Like, uh, or, or or just just you know one of the best, very 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 best matches of the year. Like that's one of the things when it comes to these these Roman matches. So far is like, quite frankly, if you watch any other wrestling aside from main roster WWE. I don't know how you buy the violence in these matches. Like, mm-hmm. obviously the um, like to me, this match was just a drag until the uh, the fucking Indian strap gets pulled out. The strap, like yeah, yeah until the strapation starts happening. I'm just like, this is no- so. What, what so is also, this? James, you you made a point about the stipulation of this match. What what was that again? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This was. I think for the first time in like seven years in WWE. Uh, actually, I take that back. For the first time in like six. six years in WWE, we had ourselves a good old fashioned slave match. Like not since <laughs> not since Nikki uh, beat Brie Bella, so, so that uh, Brie Bella could be a slave for her for her sister for a month after uh, Nikki screwed her at SummerSlam 2014. Have we had a match for somebody to be basically like they lose all agency over in over all their decisions and actions for any amount of time? I did not know that how it was going down on the Isle of Samoa via Pensacola, Florida, but apparently they selling people into bondage. So I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, how did Rock get out? Rock might have to come back. What is going on? Like, that's one of the clear things about this is like, they're going so heavy handed. This is like, I don't know if this actually is their actual plan. If they even thought about it, if they even thought this far back, far out, but like, where else is there to go for Roman except for eventually having a match with The Rock? And you don't know if you ever even get The Rock ever again, right? Right. Uh, I did. I did like Alpha and Seeker coming out. Uh, it, essentially, like, well, they old, so obviously they going they just going ahead and ride with Roman. And it's okay that that he done beat the hell out of Jay and Jimmy because like they ain't the ones that's that's leading the family. Like, no, <laughs> we ride with the big dog. Bro, when I saw him come out, I was like, that is brilliant. Like, that's something I would have done. Like, yo, get, like, his father out there, something. Like, at some point, you got to use them. But, um, yeah. yeah. Overall, I, 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 I would have probably gave it, like, I don't know, like a three and a half or 3.75. Like, uh-huh. I think this like, one I wasn't... Given, like, three, three and three quarters. For me, it's just like, I'm sorry. Like, I just... <laughs> Like I sent you the picture of Takumi Uraha's face after my after my you fucking blew it up, and I'm just like, 
I just I just finished like binging the G1. I'm just like, yo, this 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 is not you know, and I'm not supposed to you know. Obviously, it, when I, you don't watch, it's one thing I've also come to realize if you don't watch WWE often or enough to um, at a rate some some of a regular basis, like their right, pacing, that's, that's become more of a struggle. Their pace now that I don't seem, watch it, their pacing just seems so just. Just like it's in quicksand. Even even people that can work, like, um, you know, like the, like the ladder match from last from Night of Champions, um, the uh, the Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles match for the Intercontinental Title months ago, like matches that are even great in WWE. You're still at some time just like, yo, this is slow. Um, if you if you do not watch WWE regularly, so. Um, and I thought for, you know, the beginning of the match, like they were going super slow and I'm just like, you know, like, what does this mean for the future for Roman matches? Like, is this, obviously they're not going to be this, but like, I could see them being this pace. And if they're this pace, I, I, I see myself quickly, <laughs> quickly being disinterested in like Roman has, has to do, unless he's in there with somebody that I like, because these matches are super duper slow, and like that's the crazy thing. That's another thing I want to ask you. Uh, going back to 2017, if I were to tell you that Roman Reigns was going to have a feud with one of his USO cousins, that these matches would be this slow, would you have fucking believed it? Yeah, I. I that's another I, thing. I, I like, would these not. These matches are slow as fuck. Like these two, these three people are great athletes. Why are these matches so I, not showcasing so athleticism? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's so weird. much with, with the talking. It's it's, it's yeah. WWE yeah. doing this. Like if these this... are cinematic matches that are happening live, these Roman right. matches so far. Like I'm interested to see what happens when like, all right, I'm done torturing my my inferior, my obviously inferior cousin. Time to wrestle right. somebody worth a damn. And like I think there'll be some changes. Like there's no way they're finna you know you know do all of this for just a pay per view match. I don't. I, eventually he's going to have to actually wrestle. And obviously so, we know he can wrestle, but like we want to see what he can do as what he's built himself up to be over the past few months. But against somebody worth a damn, so they can you know or kayfabe wise, so they can actually see what he is as a heel. That's what I'm that's what I'm waiting to see. So the longer we keep doing with these matches, the less I'm interested. I want to see it now. Soon, please. So they just announced for Survivor Series it's like a bunch of champion versus champion shit. So it's gonna be Orton and Reigns now. He, oh heel, heel versus, versus heel. heel. Yeah. So uh <laughs> Alright, so let's let's move on. Um so we've no, got we complained about pace. We complained about pace. Yeah, and, and now Roman, who he's going to wrestle? And, and Roman is working slower than Orton does these days now, and and now we're going to put it to the test. Oh my god! Oh, they may as well put Orange Cassidy to match. They want to wrestle slow. Shit. Boy. All right. All right. Um. Then we got a singles match: Jeff Hardy and Elias. This is. A one grade one trash zero stars fuck off. Hey, don't don't even don't even say the don't even say the term A one in regards to this grade one in regards <laughs> to this match. That's an insult to the G one. So, bro, yeah, Elias bro. has never improved ever, not once. Um, I I don't know why they think they want us to to or why we want to watch him wrestle. Like I don't care that y'all are releasing a music album by this man with these you know. The, these generic ass songs, like I'm, I'm sorry, like I don't care. Like I, I, I you're, you're calling this man a junkie. 
I, I'm sorry. I'm tired of hearing about how many drugs Jeff Hardy has done. Y'all have been there and done this forever. No, no, okay. Yeah, I, I get that part. But, like, can we just have a last round so he can bang on Jeff Jarrett? Because he called that man a junkie on the pre-show from what I heard. And, you know, that's kind of stuff that's like... Look, <clears throat> I, 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 see I, will, I will walk light. I will, I will walk light, you why, know. Why is that? You know, future owner of WWE, Jeff Jarrett, oh, you know, will fire you, you know, oh, when the God. day comes. So, all right, man. Um, match was nothing. Jeff nothing. Hardy goes for a die. He he whoops. Jeff Hardy whoops his ass. He goes to the top of the post, uh, you know, the big WWE post. He goes for a dive to the floor. Jeff Hardy moves out the way because he doesn't want to give the fans. Or not Jeff Hardy, but um, Elias moves out the way because he doesn't want to give the fans anything that they want. Jeff Hardy gets down in frustration because he couldn't wreck his body even more. Uh, he goes to go. He goes out the ring to go get him. Elias grabs his guitar. Somehow he grabs the guitar. Doesn't even get a chance to swing the shit. Actually, no. He goes to swing it. Jeff throws it. Wrestles the. Look at Jeff Hardy. Look at Elias. Elias must got popcorn muscles. He wrestles the guitar from him and bashes that shit across Elias's back for the DQ. I think it went like seven minutes, something like that. Anyway, I, I don't know what they do with that. I think this is also supposed to be like playing off of months ago when like Seamus flamed Jeff Hardy for drunk driving and hitting Elias. So it's like, what? 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 I don't know. So this had to be on the pay per view for what reason? The pay per view from hell, hell in a cell. Yikes! Oh, after that we've got the Miz against Otis. So uh, another horrid terrible match I don't know if this is a match that's horrid as much as a match that just nobody could possibly care about after watching uh you know uh, I was gonna go back to the Roman match like they did so many spots where Roman and Jay like made the other one pass out without tap without quitting to where it's like why didn't they pull out the old this person's passed out I'm not done with you go grab a water bottle from underneath the ring wake him up with water and continue torturing them until they quit they ne- I think that spot would have fit perfectly into that match and would have killed Look, somebody they had plenty of time right they, they, they could have cut out two or three of them paragraphs you know that they was reading to each other of dialogue stupid. but I'm saying I feel like that spot works good for that story that they're telling because they keep these neither guy will concede to the other. So you have to go to that level of desperation to get to it. Like my favorite spot, like the hell, like the I quit match, or I believe it was a high quit match between Orton and Cena, where he canes them. He can, or Orton canes Cena to death. He he passes out. He wakes up with the water. They could have just used that spot anyway. Um, yeah, man. Like they have a TV match. Uh, your boy keep Morrison keeps cheating on Mrs. Behalf. He gets tossed for cheating so much. The briefcase somehow ends up in Otis's hands. Otis is about to win. Otis is getting clobbered by the money in the bank briefcase by Tucker. Yeah, Tucker. Miz wins. They run off with the, like they stole something. They have an interview. Morrison and Miz in the bag about having the briefcase. In comes Tucker. Tucker says, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this for you. He's not in cahoots with them. This is just to be some shit that just happened out of nowhere, which makes Tucker seem like dumb motherfucker alive. So this sets up where. Also, they stepped on him too. Like they, they had cut him off before he started talking and it clearly made him look like minor league. Right. 
Right, right. Like we know, like we're pretty sure not gonna do nothing with Tucker. Tucker's on Raw, yeah. away from Otis. So they even ha- so in theory, the only time he Otis either one of them even get any any time interaction will be uh, uh, the next pay per view Survivor Series, which is like you're gonna base a a, a a Survivor Series match around that. Okay, Mandy's on Raw, Miz is on Raw, Morrison's on Raw. Otis on SmackDown. So, so this, how this long Otis is having they, a rough life? So, so check, yeah. So check this out, right? At literally a week after having his draft, how long <sighs> before Otis ends up on Raw? Because you know that's what they're going to do. Shit, he might be there tonight. Right, right. Of course, of course, of course. We're in the middle well, of Otis. Right now it's ten eighteen uh, p.m. on the East Coast, so like we're in the middle of Raw. For all we know, Otis has already showed up. My Otis and Buzz's man head to the white meat and then did the, did the caterpillar right yeah, next to him right. backstage. Right, especially because like Otis was on Raw last week underneath a fucking Luchador mask. So, oh like, yeah, we didn't yes. even yeah. Good thing we La, didn't cover La, Raw. La, La Luchadora, remember Luchadora? La yes, Luchadora. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes. Um. <laughs> so I'm glad they got the the briefcase off this joke, and um, I mean the Miz has it. That's my point. They took it off. They have it on a comedy baby face, lower mid card person, and they decided, no, that makes no sense. Let's put it on the Miz, a mid card heel, when we have Randy Orton and the tribal chief Roman Reigns as the champions. What? Bro. This is, I, you know what this is like? You're, you're asking me to figure out the booking of this company. I cannot figure it out. Look, apparently, Vince McMahon and, and Bruce Richard are ahead of us all, James. Bro. Like, these boys are playing 4D chess, and, and they're so far in front of us that, like, we there's no way for us to process this. This is similar to, like, I'm trying to think of the perfect example. I thought Miz was going to win the title that night. That was the only thing I... But since he didn't win it last night, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. This is like if in the MCU, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they pulled out the Vulture, a Spider-Man nemesis, an elderly man with with, fly, with flying tech, tech that steals stuff, right? And he is going to try to get one over on Thanos for the Infinity Gauntlet. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is like. It's like, you, you, oh, you going to try Randy Orton? Oh, no, man. You going to try Randy Orton? Randy Orton. I mean, he, he, I mean, Randy, he done did it before. When Randy Orton Shout was out to Rich Crazy face. Boys to Wrestling. When Randy Look, Orton was a shout baby Shout out to Rich Crazy face. Boys to Wrestling. October 25th, 2010. Yeah, October twenty fifth, two thousand ten. Randy Orton, the WWE champion, The Miz, Mister Money in Bank, WWE. It never changes. Yeah, Randy Orton was a babyface at the time. Now they're sw- they're shooting at they're shooting at the same rim right now, and one person is dunk- and one person is out here dunking while Miz is you know throwing up eight footers off, off 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 the back shoulder. It's like, nah, man, these aren't the same things. They're different levels to this. Like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this was a similar situation to, like, the Cody and um, Brody thing to where, all right, we'll get the belt off of you. Hopefully, or maybe we're waiting till we get fans. We'll give you the belt when we get fans, and then we'll cash in. Like, what? Fuck you. <laughs> Probably. 
<laughs> and, like, and you'll have an opponent then. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, exactly. I'm supposed to have another run. Fuck right, that. Right, like, but, that, but that'll be like, we'll sing you chasing again. It's like, have you killed every baby face the last half decade with this chase shit? Like, the chase yeah. goes we'll, between we'll, a chase for shit. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We'll, we'll get Whatever. to Drew later, but what's, what's, we had up, next? up next we had Sasha Banks defeating Bailey for the Raw or the excuse me, the SmackDown women's title. Universally pretty well received match. Yeah. Um it's a great I match. just wasn't in I just wasn't into it. Yeah. Because you've seen what they've done to them over the last two years. It's it, uh, I, I just couldn't care. So right. Um That doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. However, the story that Bailey is such a fucking idiot that she's so sentimental that she must destroy Sasha with this one chair. But they, in the process of this match, they use damn near five other, or like, well, I'll say three other chairs. And then it comes down to this one fucking chair that she had to go out the ring and give, get separation from Sasha, give her time. When like they were trying so the hard the for the symbolism and shit. Like that's not like, symbolism. Man, just do the fucking match. That's <laughs> not symbolism. You want to know what symbolism with a chair in a Hell in a Cell is? What the very first Hell in a Cell match between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker? Shawn Michaels was a was a guest ref in a Bret Hart versus Undertaker SummerSlam match in '97. Yeah. Sean and Brett hate each other. Brett spits on Sean. Sean loads the chair up to go crack Brett. Brett moves. Undertaker's behind. He cracks Undertaker. The rule was if Brett, if, if, uh, Sean screwed Brett, he would have to quit WWE, which is laughable. Um, so he, he, he ends up <laughs> awarding the match with via pinfall to Brett. Then Undertaker is pissed, obviously, at Sean. Sean says, hey man, I didn't mean to do that. It was clearly meant for Brett. Over time, um, Sean eventually cracks Undertaker with a chair, and that sets up Hell in a Cell. That match is Sean gets his asshole by the Undertaker from pillar to post. There's nowhere for him to go. He ends up getting thrown around so much, he ends up hitting a cameraman that takes out a cameraman. They have to get the cameraman out, get him um, medical treatment, they open up the cage, Sean escapes to get away from that fucking bear, he has nowhere to go, he's trapped, he climbs up to get away from the fucking bear, until he realizes, oh my god, the fucking bear can climb the tree as well, goes up the cage, <laughs> he, it's like, I gotta get a fuck away from this bear, climbs back down the tree, gets halfway there, gets caught by Undertaker, Undertaker stomps his hands while he's hanging from the edge of the, of the cell, falls off the off the uh, table, end up back in the ring, Undertaker grabs a chair after he got fucked for two uh for two months by Shawn Michaels with a chair, cracks him over the head, and then Kane comes out. That is symbolism with a weapon um in sweet justice. This where there's five fucking chairs. I need to hit you with this one chair that I spray painted. Yeah. What? Yeah. Nah. That's then their, their weapons were breaking as they were trying to set up their stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it look, was like, yeah, that that. Was, I mean, that anyway, was that could happen. That could happen to anybody, right, but right, like, right, right. I don't know. It, I'm just over it. Like with these two, <laughs> but so, it, like you know, a lot of the stuff they did was cool. Like they did right, right. Uh, a lot of like cool uh, looking spots, but yeah, I just didn't feel it. 
So for me, I said all that, but I'm going to give this match praise. These women beat the shit out of each other. These women took a lot of the things that Sasha did with Becky in last year's Hell in a Cell match with Kendo Stick uh, weaponry and add, and added more to it, or not added more to it, but took off from that um, as inspiration. And it was it was a lot of cool stuff. I think one thing that was kind of goofy is when they did the suspended um, Kendo Stick between the ring and uh the cage and then there's a drop toe hold where Sasha goes through a like kindle stick she cracks a kindle stick and then cracks the steel steps and I'm thinking I was like okay so the kindle stick is more damaging than the steel steps what but whatever we're going to I'm going to I'm not even going to hit on that part the story of the match sucks the violence um the violence and the spots they did were cool. I would give this match four to four and a quarter just off the strength of what they did with that match. The story, the internal logic of the story stinks, but whatever. It was the best match of the night. It's one of the best matches in uh, main roster WWE this entire year, even with all that. Yeah, so Sasha's the champion, and um, I'm trying to think who the champion is on Raw. It's Oscar, right? Correct, Mundo. Okay, so maybe they do a match at Survivor Series. I haven't seen an announced yet. As I said, we're recording this like you know during Raw, but um, so that would be it's, what, it's a good thing for Sasha. Like, 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 oh my god! And and this one might even have another terrible finish because now they're both champions and neither one of them should lose. Man, fuck off! <laughs> I mean, they did. Oh my God. We're at a point now to where, like, I understand it's been the format since 2016, but they don't have to do brand versus brand. True. Like, I mean, if it comes down to it, especially given that, you know, what they what happened last year, like, and where we are with, um, they're not being a, a for, to my knowledge, a, um, a takeover on Survivor Series weekend. I could see them doing the, you know, brand versus brand versus brand again. I can see. Uh, that. I, I have no indication that NXT is involved thus far, but I mean, right. we'll wait till right. Wednesday. I which guess, is weird but... because you figure they'd be dying to do that because all they do is fuck with AEW all yeah. the time. Um. So if you're a Sasha Banks fan, do you want? the match with Asuka next month so you know that belt isn't on the line or do you want her to fight <laughs> Carmella who's just got a new gimmick who's the heel isn't on her Smackdown gimmick, isn't her gimmick like basically like what we thought Emelina was going to be Emelina. Right, right right yeah. right right okay so so I mean, Sasha looking like a sweet lick immediately went, went to, to, to come off that belt um I wouldn't say that. She's not going to lose the belt to Emelina. Um, or not Emelina. I'm sorry, Carmella. Nah, that's not going to happen. Like, we've seen Carmella as SmackDown Women's Champion. Like, that shit fucking sucked. <laughs> like, they're not going to... I don't think they're dumb enough to do that again. They, they're dumb to do a lot of dumb things, but I don't think they're that damn dumb. Like, look, we ain't seen... When's the last time we seen gender? <laughs> Injury. Okay, even before he was injured, yeah. that man was out here doing. They were about jobs. to get that man a push. All right, no, check this out. Weren't. Yes, yes, he was. So he before were, he was about to get squashed by McIntyre, year, he was actually going to have a. Uh, he was going to beat McIntyre. He was going to have a. Pay, he was going to have a pay per view match with him, and beat a bunch of people along the way. 
but he tore his ACL or something like that. So hopefully they didn't get there. That's look, fine. I, look, we hope. Um, <laughs> think of all the um, think of all the bail they gave uh, McIntyre from SummerSlam to now against Orton for him to finally lose it now. It, it, and man had to fall off the cage to get beaten. You think he's gonna lose to Jinder Mahal? Nah, man. They've done dumber shit. You um, know what? That's fair. That's fair. Up next, we got Bobby Lashley versus Slap Jack. Zero they stars. A three-minute nothing match. Um, at the end, he ends up getting the, uh, the the full Nelson on him. And then all of a sudden, Rush Regent comes out and attacks Lashley. They whoop on him. Then half, half-heartedly, the rest of... Um, uh, what it, what is the name of MVP's uh, faction? The Hurt Business. The Hurt Business half half actually come down to the ring. And by the time they get to the bottom <clears> of the <throat> ramp, Lash has already made a comeback for himself. Is like, yeesh, retribution. What what did you do? What did you do to deserve this? Look, and Mustafa Ali is running and all this other stuff. Like, so this is this is Vince t- telling you, you know, this Antifa stuff. They, those guys are punks. Those Antifas, you know, and we're gonna have the black guys beat them up. So Which is also, it, it's like it's all fucking. It, it, it makes no sense. Like it's all fucking war. So it, it makes no sense. So like Antifa <clears throat> are geeks, but like never mind. I'm not even getting to it. You know this is fake Antifa for, for Vince, and then it's like so they're not like instead of, they're fighting each other as opposed to being like all the cahoots. That's weird. Whatever. Move. Yeah. Wow. Whatever, whatever, Vince. I don't know what the fuck's going on in your brain. So up next, we got the main event: uh, Randy Orton defeating Drew McIntyre for the championship to win his 14th WWE title in a Hell in a Cell match. It's very long, kind of just there. Um, Randy Orton's the fucking champion again. Ugh, such a step backwards. So uninspired. What year is this? And then, like, you know, supposedly the long-term direction is Edge. Like, Edge and Orton for the champ. Come on, man. Don't know why I want to see this shit. Like, that is not true. People want to see Edge win back the title he never lost and had to give up, or one of the titles he never lost and had to give up because of the neck. Like, that is going to be a thing. Um, or at least that's, that I remember phrase that. That's the thing they think, or something that they're going to believe people want, and then it's like, well, how come Edge has never, like, popped the rating in the way that, like, these legends that used to return did and I don't know if that's necessarily a thing about Edge as much as it is like oh yeah like WrestleMania season was just completely hampered by um the pandemic but then again y'all says like alright well the next night after Royal Rumble he still didn't pop a number so it's like you know whatever they they paying him five million whatever ridiculous amount of money they are of course they think he's going to be you know their answer because they have no choice but to believe that they gave him the money to believe that so they have turned themselves into marks you know whatever um, like if they go out here and they record a match like they did for the greatest match ever, fine, cause that match was fire even if it was recorded. Um, but like if they want to go out here and have like their WrestleMania match where they hit each other with a bunch of shit, that's not the way. Um, so did they not want to do McIntyre versus Reigns that bad to where Orton had to hold this fucker now? Well, I mean they've already done that match. They did that. It might as well be like another like universe ago. 
both of these guys are complete. Drew McIntyre is no longer tougher than cancer. But that's Roman another thing Reigns, about it. Why would you want to do that match? You'd be like, okay, so <laughs> we're gonna have a match where like this guy is a heel and he's he's an asshole. He's awesome versus babyface that literally a year ago said he was tougher than this fucker's cancer. What? I don't want to watch that match. I never want to see them in a ring together again after that nonsense. Look, well, I definitely don't want to see Randy Orton versus the Tribal Chief in the, in the slowest match possible. My fucking God. Like, I, I, look, I think, was the, was the last match they've had, like, singles match was Survivor or SummerSlam 2014? Possibly. All right, you know, this is, like, stuff like this is why I think, like, something's going, a, a shoe is going to drop, a lever or a lever is going to be pulled, and this is not going to be the actual matchups. Because it's like, but then again, it's like, can't put in Finn Balor because he has a broken fucking jaw. You don't know when he's going to be able to return anyway. So, who knows what the fuck they do. They're all screwed yeah. up. Shocker. WWE, yeah. all screwed up. I, I, I just don't get it. Um, I, I was like, I saw the RKO finish. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> okay, so like what? <laughs> I thought what was going to happen was um, rolls into the ring, gets set up for the Claymore. He was either going to dodge out the way, go hit the RKO, near fall, kick out it to punt some wins. They just beat him off the RKO. So, you know, whatever. Whatever. I still thought Orton was going to win after, after you know, after the way that whole match went. Uh, so, for me, especially when it went on last, it's like, oh, okay. Like, there's no reason for this to go last other than for a title change. Yeah, like, I thought McIntyre was winning the whole time. Um, I, I thought he was taking L. <laughs> like, I, I just did. Like, watching, watching the match, like, because they're shooting them bells, like, well, you know, he fell... And then, like, you know, he, he gets beaten in the side of Hell in a Cell, and then, like, he's up there standing, staring darts through Orton in fury because he lost. And it's like, this isn't over. Like, it, I'm not saying they're going to immediately have a rematch, like, in the next, like, month or even at TLC, but, like, this isn't over. I could see them eventually have another title match in, like, Royal Rumble or something like that. They better do I, something because, like... <laughs> Because like, you also think of it like this, right? There's also, well, it's kind of it kind of gets screwy because of um, Lashley Survivor with Series. the that and Lashley with the or U.S. title, but like they're still. I mean, they're, they never settled the McIntyre and Lashley shit from earlier in the year, so like they can go back to that if they wanted to. That when to send McIntyre side questing for now, so you know, there's stuff. Yeah. Um, Not, I think like, Drew McIntyre deserves a lot of credit for everything he did this year. Um, they actually brought up the point that he hadn't taken a pinfall before that tag match last week in like a calendar year. So remember when WWE tries to tell you wins and losses don't matter? Right. It's bullshit. Right. Um, this guy took a lot of like protection, and then he was a dude that reinvented himself all the way, went to the independent circuit, came back through NXT, got protected a bunch of times. Of course, they started doing those things where they would pull him off camera right. while shit was right. happening. Like, they did all this goofy stuff for him. And, uh, uh, where was McIntyre? Time, oh, he was in Gorilla when that dude, when his teammate got pinned. 
Yeah. Like, he was out of here. He was, he was heading to the next town. Yes. Like, <laughs> like that okay. man went on that, that man went on one of them Moxley walks where it's like, yes. I gotta get to the next town. I gotta walk. For, I gotta I'm walk. I'm out of here, brother. Vegas to Jacksonville. I'm gone. Yes. Uh, but yeah, this guy, like, he was a champion all throughout the pandemic so far. And, um, you kind of feel for him because, like, you watch his interviews. He's a good guy, and yeah. he's a he's someone you want to root for. And yeah. I, I think he was a awesome babyface champion. And Try, times where 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 you don't always get that. Right. Tries hard all every night you ever watch him. He he did one of the really hard things in WWE, like a thing that like I don't think has been done since like peak AJ in WWE is like go over six months on paper you'll never have a bad match like that is that is super hard <laughs> like so like you know i you know i i'm i'm i i feel a lot of the things you do about just like yeah man like he got a rough end of it like the pandemic fucked him over um raw like just being this dead show where like nobody or really the main roster being this dead show where outside of like three acts ever feel dynamic like at a time like it's it's look and they didn't give him no one under 40 years old to wrestle against throughout his whole title reign like (laughs) that's another part of that too um yeah but also think hopefully he gets it back one day but is mcintyre going to be given given where we are given what the landscape is is mcintyre going to be like the last guy that's quote-unquote made that's you know not like approaching 40 huh yeah i mean like, like mactar is 35 right which uh, still you know that's not that's not young right like it was a, it was a line like what, what was the line yeah. that uh that doing one of the many lines that, that roman said he's like him and jay was like we're 35 years old and i was like why would you say that yeah <laughs> I know you're 35. Why would you let us know you're 35? <laughs> um, but yeah, just like yeah, bro. Like you look at how they book everybody that comes up from NXT is fucked up, except for literally McIntyre in in Charlotte. I wonder why. Right, and it's look, like this man's name was the Chosen One, James. Right. <laughs> Not Jeff Jarrett, but Drew McIntyre a long time ago. He was, you know, right, right, right. It was earmarked. Yeah, but what I'm saying is really just like you look at their landscape of everybody that Triple H has gotten over to a certain extent on the, on the, the, you know, basically in college, right? Like that was one of the things that's so funny is like, I'm probably just wrong for framing it this way, but you look at like what the, the one and done rule did for the NBA as far as putting those kids in college for one year, whether it was a Kevin Durant or a Beasley or a Derrick Rose or a Zion and the hype that built up for those kids as star, as a, as a star making machine for their one year in college to get into the NBA with fanfare as opposed to being some kid they never fucking heard of before, right? Like that should be what NXT should be for, <laughs> for the main roster, and they fucked everybody up except for like a handful of people over the last six Look, years. It's they, amazing. They fucked, they fucked everyone up, and then like 
fantasy change. So, like, to where you couldn't just be a one and done. You have niggas out there being NFC for life. <laughs> and then Literally. also. Literally. And, that was a t-shirt. Also, NFC yeah. for life with Gargano was a t-shirt. Oh, my God. You don't remember that? Oh, uh, no, I don't. Yes, that was like a T-shirt from like the fall of 2019. NXT for life. How lame could one be? Like you know, hey, I don't want more. Think, you think, know, think I, like this, right? How many how many Gargano shirts do you have? You seen me with? I've I've bought three, right? I got the the shirt in New York when he won the title. I got the red, the red one. I also bought the black Johnny ta- Takeover shirt. Have you ever seen me with a fucking NXT for life shirt? No, fuck <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, no. I even, I even got a Gargano shirt. I got, I got that the um the the Rebel Heart uh black or red heart shirt too with the blood dripping. Yeah, I ain't got no fucking NXT for life shirt. Fuck no. To be a little stretch, getting me to wear a shirt that says Rebel Heart on it. I but you know I, I let that slide. So. Are you, um, are you confusing Rebel Heart with just Rebels? Period. That's what you're doing. That's not what that shirt yeah, is. Yeah, you know it's 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 like you know it's too close. If it was close, I wouldn't have bought no damn Rebel shirt. Trust me. I see. See, unlike you, I've lived here my whole life in the South. Nah, I'm not fucking. I'm not fucking with no Rebel uh, anything. So yeah, man. Um, like yeah, that nigga Gargano is from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> What does that mean? Huh? What, what does, does that mean? mean? Look, Th- that tells no, no, us no, nothing. No, 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 no. If that man was from, if that man was Cameron Grimes with a rubber heart T-shirt, I'm not buying that shirt. <laughs> that hit different. All right, remember who's? No, I, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I know save this. Flag, I know it's look. one of them off-brand flags. I know that. I, I'm, yeah. I am very aware. We ain't gotta talk in code. They know that what the fuck we mean. No, look, those are two I different was, things. I, I, I was talking to you off air about this. Johnny Gargano's gimmick has never been <laughs> a Confederate traitor ass shirt. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, where were we? We were talking about this pay per view, but where were uh, we on the card? We were just oh, finishing Randy the main Drew. event. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. We, yeah, like the match. I hear a three and a quarter. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. It's like it's like a three and a it's it's three and a quarter ish. Like I wouldn't recommend it. Like it's a thirty minute match. Like mostly, like I wouldn't recommend the Roman match either. So it's like you know that's how that's kind of where him is like. The three matches all succeeded to some level. They were all too long. Um, but then again, it's like, you look at what the rest of this card is, it's like, well, shit, maybe they should go 40 minutes and get, and have only three <laughs> matches. So, it, you know, whatever. Um, it's a weird show. Like, I can see people all over the place saying it's either a good show or a bad show. And ultimately, I'd be like, okay, cool. Cause it was all over the place. Um, there were things to like, yeah. there were things to hate. Yeah. Um, which is crazy yeah. because like, I say that and it's like, that's probably like the third best pay-per-view of the year for WWE. <laughs> Christ. Third or fourth, like SummerSlam, Royal Rumble. What else? Night one of WrestleMania, I guess. Yeah. People, people like that. Um, I remember it was night. Let's see, night of champions, night of champions. 
That was pay-per-view from like five weeks ago. I don't even remember. Yeah, I, I remember nothing but the Tribal Chief. I remember that match. Uh, oh, yeah, the Amalance match with... Uh, with Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with all the legends. Yeah, and that, and that brings me forward uh, with the Orton thing. It's like, this was coming, bro. Between the backslide at, at, at SummerSlam, um, you know, Orton... Orton was doing jobs, but he wasn't getting beat. He wasn't getting finished. Um, like when I go through um, Stardom tournament results or the G One, like I was writing my thing. Like I write down specifically: was somebody rolled up or were they finished? Like hit with a finisher or, or pinned to the mat or were they like, oh, he got caught in a small package or a Lamar straw cradled and, and suckered? Like WWE. That's what they go with. Like, oh, you beat him. It's like, oh, okay. Like, Randy Orton got snuck by, by Keith Lee. He got snuck by, uh, McIntyre at SummerSlam with a backslide. Like, four people came out there and, and interfered in the, in the ambulance match. And then ultimately at the end, he ended up winning. It's like, they were, they were shooting Orton all this bail all this time for him to originally get to this point, And he wins the belt. Um, I'm not saying that he should be the champion and year was year 18 for him. Yes. No, I'm not saying that at all. Am I, but what I would say is like, if, if you are someone that is upset that they've gone with Randy Orton, I would say I would bang on. You believe that Drew McIntyre should not have lost the belt at this time, which is something you can buy into. But if your thing is like, I don't want Randy Orton because there are so many better options, where? Look at him. Like, who who you want to pull up? Where you want to go with? Braun Strowman? This is also... this is also a function of, like, this company being terrible and making new people. Like, so they lean on... The, this guy that has been around forever, who this, right. who they've always picked, right? Like who they've always like told us how great he was, but we never really saw it. Like uh-huh. it's just, it's just this no, whole. No. I agree with it's all an you indictment saying. of their of their system. Absolutely, right. Um, what I'm saying, and I'm not, I'm not even gonna, I'm not disagreeing with that. What I'm saying is from a uh, from a out from the the perspective of you believe in the people that. Have the best programs, the best matches, the best program, put out the, 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 the best hit rate of TV when they're on TV. Renny Orton this year in particular, given how bad this year has been creatively, he's one of the few bright spots in the company. Or let me phrase that, not the company, in the, in, in the brands. So it's like, alright, if you say that Randy Orton, given this year, given the promos he's had, the matches he's had, even when they've been taped, <laughs> um, does it merit that it's like, if not him can be somebody that can be a champion, then who on Raw? Braun Strowman? The Fiend? Otis? Or not Otis, but uh, Miz this year? Miz had awful year this year. Um, I'm uh, Ricochet? Andrade? Garza. All these people that they've given up on. Right. <laughs> or is imagine, that bad, look, or look, that bad TV. Look, imagine if they didn't give up on them. Imagine if they shot them some type of bail. Imagine if, if they didn't pull the plug on them after three weeks. Imagine. 
So uh, here's what I would say for Imagine. Imagine if they weren't dumbasses and resigned. They could be somewhere else. Yeah. No, nah, because when they sign, most of them when they sign, they want no pandemic. They took the money. It is what it is. They getting paid. So I'm happy for their, I'm happy that they'll be able to secure their future. And they're in spots where like they're not on TV, so they ain't got to throw their heads at the ground right now. So they can heal up or whatever else they need to do. Um, but when it comes time for them to make these decisions again, either they've sat enough money to where they can quit, or they're gonna re up some more, or whatever. And I so and I'm happy for them whatever decision they choose. But I I'm not I'm not out here you know I'm not out here you know feeling down on them. They made choices. That's what it comes down to. Um, so it is what it is. Like, obviously, yes, WWE should be better at booking this shit. They've been doing it for events shit. Longer than years. anybody. Right. So, you know, maybe they're waiting out, maybe they're waiting out a, a different clock. And we can move on from there. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so yeah, I guess we can go to, uh, AEW Dynamite. We'll, we'll take the plane down to Jacksonville. So, um, opener, we had, uh, the, uh, first round match in the world title eliminator tournament. We had the war dog, big low, ward low against <laughs> the, ju- low. <laughs> you know, against the jungle boy. And this was awesome. This is good ass um, match. This was, you know, fire. Anytime Jungle Boy and Warlow got together so far, it's been awesome. If you guys remember Fighter Fest, they were in that tag, tag match. match. Right? Yep. yep, with MJF and Luchasaurus. Great classic big man, small man match, and Warlow continues to show he's no stiff. I think this guy's a future world champion. I think he's sky's the limit for this dude. I um, still, I still don't think he can. Troubleshoot a match if anything ever goes wrong, but luckily they've set up these matches where nothing has gone wrong yet. So we don't need to. So we don't need to ever find that out. We haven't needed to find that out yet. So good. So that's been a success. Like the job isn't he needs to learn how to work. The job is have a match to where he don't have to if he if he can't. Right, and um, you put him in there with somebody that can work, like (laughs) like like the Jungle Boy, like like um, you know. Uh, in that certain environment, him and Cody in that cage match, uh, it was like just a perfect scenario for him. You set the people up to you lure the rim for them, the like lumberjack <laughs> match, like the fourth, yeah. like the fifth lumberjack match, is, the fifth good lumberjack match has ever existed when it was him and a uh, Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, match, I, I like this match. Yeah, like jump. Look, he, we we talk about bad averages earlier, right? Uh, as far as the main roster, who who in AEW has a better batting average than Wardlow? <laughs> that man Look, is like that man. That man every like every time he's on, that man's like ten for ten or some shit. Yeah, remember, look, remember when he debuted? Had the big debut. Remember he he yes. did the one whipping, you know, the, the one whip uh, on Cody. Uh, yeah, so like he, I, I I remember popping when he did the F10 to Jungle Boy from the outside into the ring. Uh, just a cool visual. Um, but yeah, Warlow moves on, and you can kind of see how the tournament's going to play out a little bit. Uh, after that, uh, the announcers previewed the rest of the card. They uh, showed a promo that Eddie Kingston cut on Moxley after the show went off yep. last week on Dynamite. 
apparently there's been some timing issues where they were running a couple minutes long, so that was actually supposed to be on the show, but they did the smart thing, just kept cameras rolling, caught it, and just played it this week. Yeah, um, it was damn good. I forgot the contents of it. I remember, like, yo, like... He talked you know, about Moxley. He yeah, was um, making yeah. millions of dollars in the land of entertainers while leaving Kingston us. behind. You left yep. us. You left us. You know, you uh, Kingston said he would die for pro wrestling. He's going to make Moxley quit. <laughs> Like, that is so ridiculous, but it's like, this is awesome, but it's ridiculous. I'll die for pro wrestling. What? <laughs> you take your ass the fuck on. <laughs> UBS is hiring. <laughs> this fought no business, like. Um, oh. Then they played a Moxley uh, pre-tape uh, responding to that immediately, and he said um, he's not going to apologize for making enough money uh, to buy his mom a house. He promised to beat Kingston so bad that he's going to either get his friend back or he's going to beat him into submission. That's a hell of a concept yes. like for a baby face. Yeah. Like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you until I have my friend back. Yeah. Like, until <laughs> we're friends again. Yeah, look, another, another stand-up double for Moxley. <laughs> what a concept! That's... Like these three <sighs> promos. Well, well, I'll wait. I'll wait till I, till what I have to say until we, the we first to, hour of this fucking show was oh incredible. Jesus Christ! This is I. It might be my favorite like first like hour stretch of Dynamite history. It might be like it was just <sighs> incredible. And then I think we got the best thing <laughs> up next. Yeah, yeah, it was time, you know, for Kenny Omega versus Sunny Kiss. <laughs> Sonny Kiss came uh, out, did his entrance. You know, Sonny Kiss normally the big elaborate entrance usually yeah. leaves his opponents kind of thrown a off a little bit. Can't get the Jaguars yeah. cheerleaders in this time. You know, yeah. pandemic. So, so he came out, did his thing, and then all of a sudden, uh, the the music, the lights got low, like two P. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> then we started seeing some video playing, and then Justin Roberts was like, you know, uh, now introducing the AAA Mega Champion, the PWI uh, Wrestler of the Year in 2018. Wrestler of the Year. The Wrestling Observer Wrestler of the Year. He has broken the Meltzer uh, star scale seven times. He's... <laughs> Like, bro, he runs out like five or six more things. And he's like, he has once performed in North Carolina. <laughs> Go ahead and raise up. <laughs> um, I loved all this. Um, it, it just, just because I know it's getting the right people upset. Um, and it, it just felt amazing. Like, like, no, I was like, oh, so while this whole time, you know, it seemed like Kenny Omega didn't know how to present himself uh, on national television. Apparently, you know, that was not the case at all. Um, the funny, funniest thing that um, during all this, uh, pretty much when he got in the ring, he showed his record. And his record was like 30 and 10. It was like most wins in the promotion. I'm like, they've been putting it in front of you the whole fucking time, you jackasses. Like... <laughs> Like, yo, when I saw, um, you know, uh, the entrance, uh, we'll, we'll go back to that part. The uh, They brought the, the broom girls out. They were dancing. They had a different set of music. They had a big silhouette. He walks out, uh, battle cry, and this entrance was just like, it was just fire all the way. Like, it was just like so douchey, so like, just, I'm a star, fuck you niggas. Like, 
<laughs> like, like I've been watching, I've been watching Cody do these these shits for like a year, and I've been this good soldier for a year, you know, and and doing everything, quote unquote. And then when you think about it, I'm like, they've protected this man insanely. When's the last time Kenny's gotten pinned? Pinned? Um, hmm. I'm willing to say he Holly has Moxley. not. Right, right. I, I'm willing to say he has not dropped a fall this year. I might have to look that up. Right. Well, he but, didn't. Well, he. Well, um, how did how did Pac get the pin on him? Uh, that was last year. No, that was January or February, actually. Um, no, he got a. Uh, okay, yeah, he did. He he lost a fall in the Ironman match. No, That's but it, but one. it was but like, if I remember correctly, it wasn't a clean one. Right, because remember, because uh, yeah, Pot, Pot got Kenny a fall by taking the DQ off a chair shot, and I'm pretty sure, or not pretty sure, but like, I think it was rough, a Black Arrow. Was it okay? Okay, all right, all right. I think it was a Black Arrow. But either so way, like it's fucking February. We're in November. We're damn near in November now. <clears throat> right. So what would you think of this entrance? Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I thought it was funny. Um. I didn't think it was necessarily big league. I thought it was just like him getting over that he's an asshole, um, which is like that's the point. So I'm <laughs> fine with it. But as far like, but like as far as like if this, as far as killer interests, I didn't think there's like a killer interest. Like this wasn't like something that you go out to you know a, a AEW pay per view main event for or. Like this wasn't like Jericho with the choir or like a Cody entrance or. Okada with whatever gigantic projection things he had, like at Russell Kingdom with with the with the glow in the dark uh, jacket, um, but but it was clearly the point was to get heat to by annoying the fuck out of you with his with his like goofy uh, critical acclaim, which is like that's the point. So it did what it's supposed to do as far and then like as far as the the women with the brooms. I I I had no I, I really didn't care one way or the other. But like the silhouette thing was cool. I, I, like if he if he were to actually try try to do a real entrance, legitimate entrance for a pay per view with that, I thought that was cool. But like um, everything after that was pretty much like generally his regular entrance once you know his music played. So um, yeah, Raj just popped. It was just so funny. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought the whole thing with the robbers thing was what was was the thing that was actually it for me because that was the thing it was like you know all the stuff of he's done xyz in the third um yeah so that that i thought that was, i thought like that was what it was that was what they were going for and then like after the squash he's like oh okay it's exactly what i thought it was i was like very good let's let's go like you know yeah, I've been. I'm, you know, for for what, like a not a year, close to a year. I'm like, hey man, fuck this tag team shit. Like, can we unleash Kenny Omega, please? Like, my favorite match at AEW this year was Iron Man match with him and Pac. Like, so it's like, I would like to see more of those. Like, the, the tag matches, they're great tag matches. Like, I didn't, I didn't like get into AEW off the strength of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and whoever else to see Kenny Omega tag team matches. Get that. Like that's cool that he decided to do that for the side quest for a year. Can we bring back like the singles wrestler, please? So yeah, I'm I'm happy that like wherever we're headed is where we are, and he's a singles. So that that's where I that's my perspective. Boy, and and some of the uh, the fallout on this, people were not happy uh, about Sonny Kiss uh, getting this this whooping, uh, and also 
this was originally supposed to be Joey Janela in this match. So yeah. Joey Janela was around somebody. He got pulled at the last minute. Yeah, because he came um, into contact with someone that came up COVID positive and they were worried about right. trying to curb spread. Right. Yeah. So which the is what natural knew, which thing. Which is what we knew about the, like, what, the day of the show, right? I think like two days before the show. Yeah, maybe even that far. But I, I knew for, I knew, or I found out, like, our, you know, earlier in the day. So for me, it was like, okay, that makes sense, Sunny Kiss. It's tag partner. And yep. then people who, you know, people, you know, brought up concerns that, like, they squash Sunny Kiss or Sunny Kiss should not be squashed because he's gay and I'm like wait what? I'm like what he can't lose no matches now? Like he can't he can't get squashed like and it, so and, like so for I, me I'm, I'm thankful that these people don't book pro wrestling. I'm not a, I, I'm, I'm not really upset. thankful. Oh here's the thing. I'm not upset with them, but I ultimately think what they thought was, you know, is AEW they really do squashes unless you're Marco Stunt they, or or you're somebody that is bought from the Florida Indies. They run into squashes. So people, once they found out that Janela got moved out, moved aside, they were really into one to see, you know, the flippy dude that Sunny Kiss is versus Omega, which is like, be quite honest. If you had my choice of squashing Kiss or him having a real match, I would like to see that match eventually. So. I can see how people could be upset with it, but as far as saying like, I think what happened is people were so set to see a real match for this dude that they, you know, they're, they're rooting for, and then for him to get squashed, it turned into them going to say like this is bullshit, but they're saying it's bullshit for the wrong, what ultimately is the wrong reason. Like, yeah, yeah Sunny Kiss can do fucking jobs. I'm sorry. Like, if thinking people that do jobs on on the show. People have been squashed on the show. Like you know who move. you know who was doing jobs um not that long ago on the show? Will Hobbs. Right. <laughs> he was losing three minutes to Darby Allen. Right. Like it'll come back around for one. I think they'll and eventually go, I think eventually they'll get back to the match. And ultimately it's like, look, after seeing that believe what you want or whatever else. I believe Janela was getting that same squashing. I so, think you make a solid point. So for me, I don't think like, oh, Sunny Kiss. Nah, I don't. Hell no. Like, of course, like they have, they've had Sunny Kiss on their show a million times. They was, I believe, I, they're, they're, I don't believe there's reason for them to be like, oh, all of a sudden they've like lost whatever they believed in Sunny Kiss before, so they're gonna get a motherfucker out of there. Nah, man. Like this wasn't about Sunny Kiss. This was about. Kenny Omega. This was about reestablishing Kenny Omega and then making sure you have a superstar money drawing person for pay-per-view main events for the end of this year and all through 2021. Well, I mean, well, ultimately. I mean, you have that anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. But, like, if, if they had had a 15 or 12 minute, 15 minute match, like that still was going to be there anyway, right? So, um, I can, so um, for me, it's like, I'm not going to kill anybody that was upset and believes it like, um, or that was upset because they, their minds were set on, they were going to have a match to try to showcase kiss. Now that you know, like I moved aside and then like, they didn't get that. So they're like, damn, well, he's AEW. Why, y'all don't do this normally. So what the fuck's going on? Um, but like, as far as people going, as far as they have, I think that's a step too far. And that's where I'm leaving that. Like, cause I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, the people that, 
think that think whatever they think in a negative terms for AEW as far as um um Kiss's sexuality, I I believe they're working in bad faith, so I'm not really finna engage with them. Like the people that are going super hard with it because you like you also see some of the same accounts that like to, are anti Right. Like, you already know what it is, right? Like, the, fo- the folks that are like, a lot of the people that I, that I happen to see don't rock with AEW anyway, so it's like, oh, this is another thing for y'all to shit on. So it's like, okay, I'm not, I don't really need to, I don't really care what your opinion is on it. Like, y'all aren't, yeah, y'all working in bad faith anyway. Y'all don't like them, so y'all grasping this thing that y'all know it is like, alright, like, so what wrestling do you like? <laughs> cause you boy, cause the wrestling I know, cause the rest, and I say that return because I know the wrestling you like, and the wrestling you like is a lot less um, um, inclusive, if you will, right? Like they got yeah. Jake Atlas out here is an openly, proudly, openly gay man. You you watch his show, you don't even fucking know that. He out here talking about being a different, uh, being different. How's he different? They never subscribe it. Remember that? Remember we were doing the show yes. uh, months ago, and I was like, yes. he was talking about some shit that made no sense. You were like, oh, he's opening games. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. So that, that that's, not, that's not, not even to bring up the you know AEW versus WWE thing, but just like it's it's real interesting to people yeah. that are upset about AEW yeah. heels. Like it, it, it's like. All right, what, what what y'all got on the Rubik's cube next? You know, like <laughs> like like which way y'all gonna turn this? Okay, yeah, as far I, as I get... uh, heels is like heels a fan club is like obviously like look heel or AEW can have the NXT women's division and still have a fan club, and I wouldn't have a problem with it. Like you saying that they book poorly, therefore they shouldn't have a fan club. Like, I'm sorry. I thought they were doing this to make money. My bad. Like, you know, know, like it's one of those things like, Hey, and ultimately that's we've, we've, we've digressed far down the line of this, but like good back to the, the G, the, um, ultimately this is about Kenny Omega. This is not about Sonny Kiss. Right. And it's like, look, man, if they eventually, like, if they get back to it eventually and they have a match, I want to see the match. Like, I want to see, I want to see this flippy dude here wrestle Kenny Omega eventually and go, you know, over eight minutes. I want to see that. Um, but like, so, and so, like, for me, like, I'm not killing the people that got upset by it because, like, I understand, like, if you're somebody that is rooting for this dude and he gets squashed, how that can make you feel because, like, ultimately, I want to see that same match. So, I, I, I get it. But, like, I feel people have, Gone a step or two too far with it, and I, you know, yeah. that's just that's just me. It's only the beginning, James. I, I t- and, and then Kenny, uh, when, when he said uh, he walked over, or excuse me, when he was making his way to the to the ring, he looked at the camera, and was like, "Y'all wanted this, like <laughs> <laughs> it's so, only getting started." Now, the, another part that's funny for me was um, you talked about the face, but like. After he just squashed, oh the yes, dude, he made the face. Yes, he made the face after he squashed him. He hit it with the V trigger, and he then the hit fuck him out my ring. Well, we angel made the face after winning, um, and then like he helped him up and then shook his hand or whatever else. Like good, like good <sighs> job, sport. And you know what that yes. reminded me of? Do you remember the Dave Chappelle Prince skits? How like how Chappelle was dressed up as Prince and he was like slapping dudes on the butt talking about good game and then and, uh, yes. your boy was like I'm I'm not in your team man it was like one of them she's like good game like yeah I just whoop your ass but you know 
You know, Prince was you know king what that, of shade. It was shade. You know what that reminds you know what that remind me of? What? You remember the J Mills and E Ness battle? Oh God. And after I embarrass Ness, I'm gonna shake his hand. Oh wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So those of y'all hip hop heads, uh, I I do this every couple years. I pull up and I watch the fuck round from Jay Mills uh, on Ness. It's like one of the hardest rounds of battle rap you'll ever hear in your life. See, I was never a person that was into the the, the rap battle stuff. Uh, like I remember, I, I tried to get into it, and then there was like this dude named Murder Mook, and every time, I, maybe it was just me, but anytime I saw a Murder Mook battle rap like thing he always lost always and i was like ma- like maybe just me but like people talk about like he's a legend like well if he's a legend like don't you eventually gotta put glove on jaw like <laughs> this man was always losing so you know that's kind of where i left off like i, I was had, like second, i had to like, explain hey bro the dvd like the dvd era of, of rap was just like totally wild time it, yeah wild it time. really was like the, like, the DVDs i remember and all too Bro, I remember Jin was showing up on them joints, like to do um, like Smack DVD battles. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so moving on. Um, so Tony Schiavone interviewed uh, Orange Cassidy about his upcoming TNT title match with Cody. Oh, so, um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It just made me think. I get you know he's no longer with us, but did you ever see what was it? Uh, what was the name of the? Was it not Rap Radar? It was basically like something a, a sim a, resembling a documentary a documentary series. It was like a day in the life of rapper X, and they had Shawty Law on there, and they had that man in Born Home. The Born Home, and that man was cooking crack on the stove top, and I was like, I can't believe they recorded this. <laughs> I can't believe they recorded this. What are they doing? Shout so, out to Lo, the real bankhead. Oh man, wild times, wild yeah. times. Yeah, I made sure uh, last I was in Atlanta earlier this year. I made sure uh, I, I put on that uh, that that shorty low uh, while I was in there. You wow. know, but um, Orange Cassidy then spoofed Bill Belichick and downplayed his loss to uh, Brody Lee in his last uh, or Cody or the draw uh, with Cody and uh, his last title match. And after that, uh, Dasha caught up with Cody and Arn Anderson as they were enter- arriving at the building. Uh, I like Cody's suit here. Uh, he said he heard there may be a stipulation added to his TNT title defense against Orange Cassidy next week that ended up being a lumberjack match. Uh, he said he's gained weight on his hiatus because even though it's a light heavyweight company, if you look at the opponents he's faced, he's practically AEW's giant killer, and it was time to go into heavyweight mode. Um I don't know why he needed to put that in there, but, you know, Cody does a lot of stuff that I don't understand. Um, you know, this is like, do you remember the Triple H training video before WrestleMania 30? How he said, you know, normally for WrestleMania, is I fight, I have to fight Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. Yes. And now I'm fighting this sawed off midget. So now I'm wrestling, so now I'm training for speed. Like it was, it, yes. it wasn't as, it, it wasn't that, but it made me think of it. Triple H and Cody being alike, you don't say. Good point. Um, one of these days we're gonna find out whether Cody is Jeff Jarrett or Triple H. One one day, one day we're gonna figure out what the percentage is, or if it's just a flat thing. 
one day we'll see. Oh well, I mean, I can tell you right now, he's clearly tri- he's clearly more Triple H than Jeff Jarrett. Just all the strip for like you know, like he's had more good matches in like the last in AEW history than Jeff Jarrett's ever had. So like just that alone, off the strength is, is more of Triple H. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett is is is, is top tier, like finesser, top tier. Like no, almost nobody in pro wrestling has has made more while doing less in 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 the ring or on the mic than Jeff Jarrett. So there's definitely that. Remember, he always wins. Um, so after that, Eddie Kingston cut another pro on Moxley. He said he hates what he's become. He had become a snake. That being a nice guy got him nowhere, but his current attitude has got him to a world title match on pay per view. Nah, you, you're missing some some text, some 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 other details in there. He mentioned when Moxley's promo about who's in the dark, talking about how like you've made nothing but excuses and you've done nothing but judge me, but you but all you all you're doing is blaming this on me be, to like not pay attention to your failures in life and excuse it and, sh- and that you've made and now you cut all these short co- these shortcuts or made all these shortcuts to become this person and then he does a live promo in a Carmelo Anthony Syracuse throwback and says you know what everything you just said everything you said in that video Moxley is true I have become this person that you just described because I had no other choice because these are my only options and now I have this it's like Mm. He he reckon he has the self awareness to know that he's actually a scumbag. Like this was like the self aware hey, scumbag. I'm like was, you know what? I ain't shit. That's like Tupac yes. and Juice. Yes. Like yes. like you know what? I just don't give I a fuck. I am crazy. And I don't give like, a fuck. Yes. Like this was very much like this was like peak Heyman. Yeah. Like I'm the scum. I am the scumbag that is going to tell you that I'm going to stab you eventually. Like. So, Amazing. you know, like, I, I love this, and I was just like, and we'll get to it later, but I was like, compared to some other stuff that's been, like, been brewing in, in, for months and months and months, I was like, bro, in three promos on one show, they have shat on this shit, that, on this one thing that they've been building towards for months and months and months. I, so, we'll, we'll get to it eventually, but I'm finna yeah. air out, I'm finna, I'm finna air out on one of them while praising uh, Eddie Kingston and John Mossy, because a week ago, I was like, "Why are they doing this match again?" And now I'm like, "Yes, bring this fucking match out!" So and it's a high quit match, man. Yeah. So I, I wonder when did the stipulation John, get put in for the Hell in a Cell? Uh, well, it was because remember the whole match of the first match at okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that he wanted him to say, "I am the Tribal Chief." He won the match, but ultimately couldn't do it. So he wanted to put him in the I quit match to get him to, by quitting, basically designates him by saying that he is a tribal chief. That's That was the whole setup. Gotcha. Like that, that was, you know, Roman Reigns with the good storytelling on the main roster television. Good Lord. I think, I think this might be just a coincidence, it, actually. It is. It is. Uh, so after that, we got Phoenix versus Pentagon. And James, what do you think of this? Oh, well. well We'll get to that in a second. I want to say one thing real quick. John Moxley, out of nowhere, working on his third feud of the year contender for 2020. <laughs> out of nowhere, he pulled this out of his ass. All right, so, yes. Um, watched a lot of wrestling. I watched three stardom shows to catch up um, this week. I watched the Wednesday show... The Wednesday shows, 
I watched um, Hell in a Cell. This might be the only match, aside from Mayu and Takumi, this is the only match from, from aside from Mayu and Takumi from last weekend that I was like, I have no notes. Great match. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> Makes sense. Like, obviously, it's helped by the fact that, like, there's no story that they can screw it up with or whatever else. They just, two great wrestlers going out and wrestling. How novel of a concept. They had a great match. I, I loved it. Like, this, this is my second favorite match since going through the G1. Yeah, um, Phoenix, like, hoodwinked him towards the end, playing on the sympathy of his brother. Uh, Pentagon not wanting to do him how he would normally do anybody else in these streets, and it catches him slipping. At the end, there was a lot of cool spots, uh, you know, uh, legacy Pentagon stuff, uh, like with that, that big power bomb off the flip thing. Um, there was, you know, Canadian destroyers everywhere. There was super dives everywhere. This was just like, man. Like, <laughs> like the tornado spot, um, that was like a non-standard uh, Yeah, off the post, it was like a non-standard one. Um, the the spot where he, the first person I think that I've ever seen reverse like the rope walk, the rope running from um Phoenix, um, where he basically moved out the way, grabbed the rope, and he just basically you know tumbled over because obviously that was you know, um, just. It's just too great. And it's funny because um, the first match I ever seen between those two was with you in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And it was like, or was that in Orlando or was it in New Orleans? I can't remember. So uh, we, we both saw them at Rev Pro against different opponents. Uh, it was Pentagon versus Saber. And no, it was no, no, Ray no, no, Phoenix no, no. We versus saw, we've Will. seen them at WrestleMania weekend against each other. It actually, it was, yeah. it was actually, um, was it, was it, was it 2019? What? Yeah, it was New York. It was 2019 when they fought yeah. each other. And it went like seven minutes. Right. And it was incredible for seven minutes. It was just right. like, if they ever get a spot to do this or whatever else, they're going to go fucking nuts. Like, they went nuts. I still think they can do a better match. <laughs> that's the crazy Same. part. Like, I think, like, this is a four and a half, four and three quarter star match. And I was like, yeah, they save shit. Like, they can go back to do this match eventually down the line and tear the roof off even more. Yeah. So, so the winner, winner was going to get Kenny. So Phoenix moved on, but, uh, it turns out Phoenix did get injured during this match. So Penta is going to replace him. Yeah. Uh, and they shot like a little promo with Eddie Kingston and pretty much announced that. So we, next week we're getting Kenny versus Pentagon. And you see how like when somebody is in a tournament, they go to a last second replacement and they go to somebody that is related to that person, whether it's a <laughs> brother or a tag team partner, much like Sonny Kiss and Janela. Um, yeah, so, either way, like, Pentagon versus Omega is a rematch from, from All In, right? Yes. Do you remember anything about that match? I do not. Except for the Jericho yes. running, I don't, I don't yes. remember Yes, I, I remember that one because there's this great near fall in that everyone believed, even though Kenny was the IWGP champion. <laughs> I believe he gave him a package power driver. I remember being, okay. watching that match and being like, wow, Kenny gave this guy a whole lot. Why? Like, because at that time, Penta was just, like, an impact, and he wasn't really, you know... Didn't he have Lucha like, Underground thing by then? When he, like... He had, he had Lucha Underground, but it had been a couple years since ah, then. okay. Like, yeah. it really broke out, and it, it was just kind of, you know, an impact. You know, as a, as a taxing person did, it was like, man, he gave him a, a whole lot in this match, but then, you know, eventually won. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was great. It was, you know, 
Well, it, I it think he won. Um, it was. I remember I, being I, great, I, but I don't remember anything about it except for like the Jericho run in where it's like lights go out. All of a sudden, you see Jer, uh, you see somebody dressed as Pentagon. You're like, yes. oh, that's Jericho. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I believe it won keeping the strong styles excursion match of the year that year. Ah. So uh, okay, then, yeah. Uh, so like either way, like we've seen these, we've seen Kenny have matches with with both Lucha Bros. Um, and they were both great. So like, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I, I love the idea of him having a match with either one of those guys. Like, quite frankly, you know, I've, I've, I've made, you know, small, you know, complaints about it, but like, I feel like Phoenix and, um, and Pentagon have been wildly underutilized pretty much ever since the end of the Young Bucks feud. So, um, Give them the world. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, that's that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, and, and that, that tag team division is like really packed now and really built. Um, so if you can afford to lose these guys uh, to the singles ranks, I mean, why don't we go ahead and do that for uh, and I, and a, a period frank- of time? Right, and I quite frankly feel like, given where we are with the baby faces and where they seem like they're like headed, like you're going to need to like replace them with baby faces and like Phoenix would be a perfect fucking top of the card baby face or you know number two number three baby face in AEW um like Pentagon clearly has fe- the, the char- charisma to do such a thing um obviously I'm worried about their promos but it's like you know this is a this is a match company so it's like maybe that doesn't really matter that much like if you just let them be their charismatic overly charismatic selves and put a tr- put um subtitles down there that should be able to do the trick right I, and I think Tony Khan's aware of that. <laughs> like, I think that he, yeah, because apparently that's like what really got Pentagon over. Like, originally was like his promos, like Lucha, with the subtitles. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, then they did a, a video package which with, with Miro and Kip and the best friends. Best friends said they didn't mean to destroy Kip's arcade game. Uh, just Miro, just you know, hanging out. Um, after that, uh, Marvez interviewed uh, Colt Cabana, Alex Reynolds, and Silver, and John Silver stole the entire segment. So, uh, I don't remember. So, what did Silver say? I forgot. I'm just, I don't remember what he said either. But okay. he eventually just got on the mic and then, like, kind of stood in front of Reynolds and then, like, he just kind of started dripping his BTE charisma all over, all over the set <laughs> here. So. Uh, you know, my dog Long John, you know. Uh, after that, we then got a world title eliminator match with Hangman Page and Colt Cabana. This was just okay. This was at the top of the 9 o'clock hour, and this is where we, as we gushed about, like, the first, a great first hour, this is where that comes to a close. This match was not bad. But I don't think this match was good either. It was just kind of there. Um, they tried hard. It just, I don't know if it's because of, um, what they've done with Cabana so far to where he's kind of been like in the back to where you just like, and you know, like in future rounds, what this could mean for the tournament. Then you're just like, there's no way he's going to fucking win. Um, yeah, man. And, you know, ultimately, Hey man, beats him. Like I don't. Do you have anything to go over with them as far as like notes for the match? I don't. Uh, I think I think I think, hey, think Cole Cabana is like to the point where he is a veteran. 
maybe he can turn up on the right night and and give you something like how he gave you against Lance Archer that one time. Oh yeah. But most nights, it's probably gonna look like this at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah, like I think I don't even it, know. Yeah, it, I, I'm I'm not even saying anything as far as saying it's, it was necessarily bad because I don't think it was bad, but I don't think it was good either. I think it was just there, and I can't remember anything about it that. Except for like they were trying at the end with these near falls. It's like nah, bro, ain't no one buying on this shit. But um, yeah, you know it'd be like that sometimes. Like, and that's one of the things that makes me worry about not worry, but have some reservations for Hangman at the top of the card. Like he's still he's not as experienced as a lot of the other guys uh, that that are he's going to be interacting with. So, like, what happens when he's not in the ring with Kenny Omega, like, holding his hand, or the Young Bucks, or Jer- or a Jericho, or a Moxley, or a, pa- or a Pack, or a Phoenix, or whatever else, like... Well, like, we gonna he, see next week, because he's in there with the War Dog, and the War Dog don't miss. That's what I'm concerned about, because, like... He's in a reward low, and he's gonna have to. He's gonna be the person that carries and, and is ring general. And Warlow ain't had Warlow, as far as I'm concerned, is unblemished, <laughs> right? Right. So it's like right. if we get a blemish here, it's like, all right, man. Like you've done all this goofy stuff with the with the with the Haymare character, like you know. <sighs> This might, you know, I, I don't want to say it's too much too soon because like they've done a good job with him, but it's like this is a lot of the time. This is like the time where it's going to be, st- you know, show and prove time with him. So we'll see. Yeah, um, I, I still think he's he's far away from like the ultimate goal. Uh, I'll put it like this: I think Kenny's winning this tournament, and Hangman's going to have to chase even longer. Uh, so in that year or whatever, like the next time like by the time like next summer this that's going to be his time i think i think this is like you know this is a precursor to that so this is like a preseason for him and then I, his regular season begins you know in the finals i'd be fine with that tournament i'd be fine with that because like I, I don't want him to be the next AEW champion do you no yeah um Especially without crowds around, because he was a guy that the no crowds has done a number uh, on him. Because he was, you know, uh, like a human fireball at one point. Um, after that, we got a video recapping Matt Hardy being revealed as, uh, or Sam Guevara being revealed as the Matt Hardy mystery attacker. And then they did announce that they're going to have like some type of Hardy compound match with Sammy and Matt Hardy. I imagine this is going to be absolutely absurd uh i don't know what to expect but uh sammy will do anything and they've got a lot of time to figure this out and it seems like they've wanted to do this for a while yeah was it last week or was it two weeks ago i was like if they're gonna have a match it needs to be a hardy compound match i don't want to see them actually wrestle given what happened every time they wrestle so I'm, i'm i'm you know whatever like it's another look um so good for them and Matt Hardy doesn't have to you know do it live so they can shoot whatever they need to shoot and, and do it so cool um after I, that am, team- I, am I interested in the in the feud so or given you know the feud continuing yeah but whatever so team Taz came out to the stage for a promo he said they got two problems Will Hobbs and Darby Allen Taz said he hasn't heard back from Hobbs since offering him a spot and he needs an answer 
uh, Tassidy talked to Tony Khan today and learned that if Ricky Starks had beaten Darby Allen uh, two weeks ago, it would be Starks wrestling for the title at full gear. That's a nice way to kind of loop that in. Nice touch. Taz said that burns his ass. Uh, and after that, Ricky starts takes off on the mic on Darby Allen and just like gives it to him verbally, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Like, remember when you talk about like how unfair it used to be to have like Heenan with Flair or, or Perfect and then, and then also have like Heyman with Punk. Like Taz or Ricky yeah. Starks is like unfucking fair. Like, God damn! <laughs> Anybody just like, like marry you? It's just like it's just like it. There's a whole lot of choppers on your ass. Just like it's just yes, killing yeah. people, dude. And killing people. I love them two together. Like I wish, I wish you know Taz and um, Starks and Cage were more of a priority. Because like I just like those three together, having their matches, doing what they do in the ring, and talking that that much cash shit. I love them. I love them. I really do. Since, since Allen is locked into challenging for the TNT title, it seems like, and pe- feasibly Cody, uh, we're imagining, um, with Hobbs and then Cage and Starks. Like, does Hobbs need to find a new partner? Could they do a tag match here, or can they do like you know? Can they run back uh, Starks and? Cage or like or excuse me, uh, Hobbs and Cage at the pay per view. Like, what do you think they should do there? Huh. Um. Because like I'm 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 not really in the business of letting these um great Ricky Stars promos just go to waste. <laughs> um. I don't know. Like they they have one of those weird. They they have too many quality promos. Like they have too many pro, they have too many people that can that like make you interested in what they're going to do. There was like damn, like you know, obviously you need Cage there for for or I'm sorry, Taz there for Cage. And then you have Starks and then two are talking. She's like, I want to see them. When do you see them? I don't know. I have pay per view. Damn, bro, that's like three weeks from now. Fuck. So you know, yeah. that's kind of that's a good problem, but it's still a problem. Um, right. you know, like if. Cause you know, like that that six person tag matches went up in smoke, right? Seemingly, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know where it is. Maybe they know. do it the week before or something like that. I would like that, but I mean, he's kind of on to Kingston now, so right. Uh, like it's pulling too much focus. Then it's like it also is like you know dealing with Kingston when he just like you know that whole thing with Kingston. And then with Moxley, after Moxley just got done with Archer and Kingston dispatched of Archer and, you know, to get to Moxley. And then, like, you also throw it into, like, Moxley, still, Moxley and Cage still have smoke. It's like, that's, that's real confusing at the time. So I wouldn't even broach that right now. So they might just have, you know, I mean, if this were another promotion. I would say maybe like Stark screws uh, Darby Allen uh, in his TNT title match because you know like they're going to be they're, they're going to shoot uh, Darby some bail um, come pay per view time. Like I don't think he's going to win the TNT title. Um. So what other out can they give him aside from? Team Taz screwed him, and like we still haven't gotten Darby versus Cage either. 
Yeah, I think they could um, attack him, you know, backstage before the match uh, or like earlier in the night or whatever, and then he's he essentially limps into the Cody yeah, match. And then, why can't we get know, Cage yeah. as a TNT uh, title challenger? Hey, I mean, Cody likes fighting these big dudes, so you know, maybe yeah, we'll let, see. Yeah, come come catch it, come catch a, a drill claw. Come uh, off we the gotta belt. Be- we got to be careful because, like, Cody may want to, like, merge the FTW title with the TNC title nah, and shit. That ain't for you, baby. Ain't no merging. There, there is ain't a, for nah, you. Ain't no merging. I'm talking about uh, Cage with two belts. That's what I'm talking about. Nah, Cody, yeah. no, no. Then up next, we got uh, the much-talked-about late dinner, Debonair. Oh, so, God. MJF and Chris Jericho were at their steak dinner. Uh, they did some one-upsmanship regarding their steak temperatures. Uh, if there was one thing that got heat with me in this segment, uh, you know, it was MJF then ordering a 20-ounce well-done steak. I was like, what kind of fucking animal are you? Like, well-done, 20 ounces. Fuck you, Jack. Real heat. I, I I couldn't imagine eating no no twenty ounce well done steak. What? I could back when they were giving black people expired meat. <laughs> True. <laughs> like that's that's one thing that like it's so funny when people talk about how like for example the old LeBron story about how LeBron like until he got older always would order steak. Well done is like well that's the legacy of that's one of the legacies of Jim Crow and slavery is like they used to give us bad expired meat so black people used to order food or have their food cooked well done to make sure that they wouldn't get fucking sick like yeah so a lot of black people when they do that that's the legacy of their of their grandparents or their parents dealing with that like and it's stuck like so when people make these jokes I'm like nah bro this shit's a lot more toxic than you think it is bro um but yeah um as far as after that what I was going to say they broke in the song and dance from there. Yeah. <laughs> broke in the song and dance. So, yeah, man, like, it wasn't for me. You know, like, I appreciate the thought that went into the lyrics where they're burying everybody else on the AEW roster they hate, which is, I thought, I thought that yeah. was cute. Like, it's a, it's, it's a pro, it's a segment that I think, like, oh, that's cute, but it's like, do I want to watch that? No. Yeah, this yeah. is not what brought me to the to right. the to the to the stage. This is not right. what brought me to the building. I understand that that is there. Um not I look, I didn't I wasn't visibly disgusted by the segment. It was just like this is wacky Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, like this right. this is right in his it, wheelhouse. He's a gimmick. This, this lines up with him, like you said, being a total gimmick. Uh, this lines up. He, he could have done this with Kevin Owens. Like yep. in yep. you know, he could have done this with fucking Christian years ago. Yep. He could have done this with Edge. He could have done this with a bunch of people he he's been aligned with. Yep. Um at any point in his career. So like it fits. Yeah. Do I want to see it? Not really, but it seems like they're, they're trying to keep us in the dark on this MJF and Jericho thing so far. So I get it. Like I, I I'm not, I'm not going to kill him for it. All right. Can we, can we talk about what's real? Can we say what's real in here? Go ahead. Hit him with the real. Why is MJF a better vocalist than international recording artist, Chris Irvine? MJF seems like he was in concert choir. 
in high school. He played. Seems like he played lacrosse and football. It seems like he was somebody that was like an American Pie. Like he, he seems like one of Stifler's friends. Um, and I, to me, I feel like this guy's like he's he's got this hidden talent he hasn't been telling us about. Like he's clearly like a trained singer. Kind of like Big Cass, also from that New York area. So something about them, them, them Long Islanders, like you know, and and singing and you know, concert choir type stuff. I feel like I'm putting something together here. I I I. When do we hear Taz join? Ta- oh I know God. he's from Brooklyn, but it's, it's a little different. Idea but idea you know. of t- orange ass Taz. Doing show tunes is hilarious. Like, I imagine that him and Jericho talked about it, and he was like, "That's funny, man." And then Jericho's like, "Hey, do you want to join in on this? Like, eventually, for something like this, like somewhere, oh, hell down, no. somewhere down the line." He's like, and all of a sudden, the chuckles go from goes from that to Stone Face. No, 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 Chris, <laughs> I'm not doing this to you. No, MJF uh, <laughs> hidden talent, like. We talk about this all the time with like rock promos as far as like, you can do whatever you want when you are the rock. Like Chris Jericho, you give him the rope to do these sorts of things. And like, I'm not, I don't mean that as far as like, it, it sucked as far as like, I'm saying like, the people that liked it, liked it because it was Chris Jericho doing it. And Jer- Chris Jericho makes them feel good. So like, whatever, that works. Like, it's, but as far as like, it was just, it was just too cartoonish for my liking. Like, and, and, and for me, it's like, it's not that I'm an anti musical show tunes dude. Like, nah. Like, quite frankly, uh, in 2005, I saw Rent in theaters, and it like, I don't want to say it changed my life because that's a, taking it way too far. But like, it made me, it made me reevaluate some of the things I like in entertainment and why. So, in a positive way. So, like, for me. And like, also like when, like when Les Mis came out with, uh, uh, Hugh Jackman and, um, uh, what's her name? Oh my God. What's her name? Anyway, the one that came out like in 2017 or whatever, Les Mis, like, I love that. So it's like, I'm not a, I'm not an anti show tune person at all. Like, I think, I think Jean Valjean was a fuck for letting that, letting that woman die, but whatever. Well, well, that's, that's beyond the point. We're not going to get to that. But like when that man died, he went to hell, but not but yeah, like it just—it just wasn't for me on my personal wrestling television show. A, a full-blown musical. So if you haven't seen the segment, check it out for yourself. See what you think, because yeah. and listen to what they're saying. So as best you can. If, yeah, like, if you can, if you can separate like the visual and what you're seeing, because like I didn't catch everything at first. And oh, I, I had did. To, I, like, thought, I thought the lyrics were on point. Like they were burying shit yeah. out of people. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was just dropping hammers on folks. Yeah. So. um after that, we got Britt Baker uh, against Kylan King, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Britt Baker was uh, she looked good here. She looks like she's definitely been the gym, um, and she came back and she hit the uh, like they were trying to out wrestle each other real quick, but it was a quick match. Britt gave her a uh, flatliner, a curb stomp, and the lockjaw for the submission. Uh, I think eventually Kylan King is going to get signed. She has a major league kind of talent uh about her so uh yeah it looks like they're, they're uh, firing brit back up brit looked good in her return here yeah um you know if not for the injury she probably wouldn't title right about now but you know um yep. 
I, I didn't think it was much of a match. Uh, so what I'm going to ask you is something that I've been meaning to ask for a while. Where do you rank Britt Baker's spray tan? Because it, because she is, she is in. She, I don't know if she's fully orange, but she is orange, and she been orange for a minute. I didn't really notice with her because usually her look, like for like her her gear selection, like her jacket that she wore to the ring was super hard. So mm-hmm. like when I see Brit, I notice other things rather than her spray tan. I'm like, okay. yeah, her gear's this hard. Uh, her hair looks a certain way, like stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I would have to take another look. Yeah, that ain't natural, bro. Like that's, that's all I'm. That's all I'm. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, we can move on. Yeah, so uh, they announced next week: uh, Heyman Page and Warlow, and then Kenny Omega, and um, now uh, Pentagon Tanera Conti versus Abaddon. I heard there was an injury for Abaddon, so we'll see how that plays out. I believe that match got canceled. You know what happened? Oh, okay. in, you know where the the story on that is. I don't. What did did you hear about it? I don't know if it was either from Melzer Alvarez, but the story is that Tynora accidentally punched her in the throat and then Abaddon couldn't breathe. So they had to cancel the match. Wow. Yeah. Which is like, wow. Like, like there is a re like, obviously we, we, we trolled uh, and clowned on Meltzer, you know, the last couple years over those G1 match between Ibushi and Ishii when, like, there's throat chops and throat punches about him, uh-huh. you know, um, concern trolling or whatever else. But, like, nah, bro, like, you ain't, you're not, like, when people joke about punching people in the throat or do or whatever else, like, that's because that shit's super fucking effective. You can really fuck somebody up if you punch them in the throat. And, you know, unfortunately it happened, and I hope she's okay. Yeah. Uh, damn. Uh, tough business. Uh, hopefully she'll be back and uh, hopefully you know hopefully this is some type of mistake that's easily uh, fixable for for Tay uh, so I imagine we'll yeah, get a replacement don't fuck in the throat. yeah I, I imagine we'll get a replacement match for that then uh, I don't know if anything was taped but um, Cody versus Cassidy in a lumberjack match and an inner circle town hall uh, meeting was announced for next week so um, they're going to be discussing MJF coming into the inner circle. More Jericho playing off of this election. Yep. It goes back to him in Orange Cassidy with the debate. Yep. Boy, I can't wait for this shit to be over. Yes. <laughs> Please. Uh, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara and the Elite Deletion, that's what it was called, for, was announced for full year. Darby Allen versus TNT champion. Moxley and Kingston, I quit match, and FTR versus the winner of tonight's main event. Um, then all of a sudden, Steve-O was there with Darby Allen. Yeah. Um, what the fuck was this? <laughs> Normally, he does these stunts to show you how deftifying or how um, he is, or how much of a thrill seeker, seeker, adrenaline junkie he is. Um, person that's looking for a dopamine hit. Um or show you the kind of pain tolerance he has, you know, where those diving off the bridge, bungee jumping, um, getting dragged in the, in the, uh, body bag, um, around the yard. He, he has stuff like this. Um, this was the first one I thought was a miss because it's like, it looked lame. It's like, 
obviously, I was like, what are you I, doing? I know that I know as a person that has watched a lot of X Games and stuff about skating, that is like, why are you watching that? But just like as a person that like really was into like and around a lot of people that like were into skating um, growing up, like I understand how much that fucking hurt for him to fall, <laughs> fall off that half pipe to come down you know, on that yeah. drop. But I don't think the average person understands it and probably thinks that like he more just like ro- slid down and no, he did not slide down. <laughs> he, hit, <laughs> he hit at like whatever, like approaching that 45 degree angle on, the, on that, on the, on that wood and then rolled and that shit hurt. But like, you can't really see that inside that bag. And, it wasn't like a super high uh, drop um, or a super high ramp, so you can't really get a. It, it just it just didn't hit. It didn't work compared to the other things he's done. Like when he's jumping off the, like the uh, off the bridge to the water, like that's another level, right? Like yeah. um, when he has a flamethrower, that's another level. He's bringing the flamethrower back, by the way. But that yes. shit was awesome. But yeah. nah, this was this was the, the rare miss from for um, one of one of these for, with uh, Darby for me. When he did the crowd yeah. surfing the body bag in, in the uh, concert, that was also dope too. Yeah, yeah, this is just a rare one. Like he, you know, he was, he was, you know, bad average went down. It used to be a thousand. Now it's in the nine hundreds now. <laughs> uh, so after that, uh, they showed a video where uh, Kingston was reunited uh, the bunny uh, and uh, with the butcher and the blade as the butcher and the blade enter for the main event. Very sad to hear about. Uh, QC and and Allie not uh, together anymore, but uh, so, it, it was good for QT, you know. So okay, um, so real quick before we move on to something more important, far more important, did they explain the breakup or the transition of the bunny back towards the blade, or they just dropped it off? She just came out while QT and Pentagon were having a match, and she was dressed back in her old bunny gear. And then she walked out on him, and it was that was it. Do you think we're going to get a Blade versus QT match? Maybe, because then if they do that, they can explain to you what happened off off camera, right? Yeah, like, I, I I would like to know because I, I have followed the storyline diligently from day one. Yeah, and I would like a, a real yeah. payoff. Because the only thing I give a fuck about QT about is like, look, bro, is he going to fuck the bunny or is he going to get murdered by the blade for trying to fuck this man's wife? Like that was the that was the that was it. And they just yeah. like what happened? I I've watched AW Dark to follow the promos. I, I am in on this. So Tony, yeah. figure it out. Yeah, they need to get back to this match because I need I look, fist cuff must be had. Yeah, either it was an ultimate violation or <laughs> like so, so we we got to get some type of resolution here. Like you can't just you like you can't just retcon this shit like it ain't happened. It happened in front of our faces. Look, we saw look, it. She, she also she can't just come home. Like <laughs> she can't just come. No, no, home. no, no. She can come home. Oh, correct. But, but she, I, she can no, come home. She but, can but come Blade home. has to say something. She can come home, but what we but what needs to happen and when she comes home is we need a camera in the kitchen when she walks in and they have the talk. That needs to happen. Yes. Or Blade need to be putting them hands on QC. Yeah, either or. I'm good with either or. Yeah. 
So, um, especially I'm, when, especially when Kingston a couple weeks ago was like, "Where's your wife, huh? Where's your wife, huh?" Like, nah, you can't yeah. be out. Nah, you have acknowledged this, so we need to get to fisticuffs or the dumpery of, uh, or like whatever is about to happen next with QT and the bunny and the blade. Like, yeah, bro. Like, you know, even hell, even WWE when they did the off-panel uh, shit with like all of a sudden uh, Lana was with Lashley. They at least went through it and explained it. It stunk, but at least they at least they realized they had to explain it. You gotta explain this. Yeah. Then we got the main event, Fatal Four Way, um, with the Young Bucks against Private Party, Butcher and the Blade, and Silver and Reynolds. So uh, this is a pretty good match. Uh, I don't think it got to the level that I would have thought this match would have got to, but. Um, there was an injury in the match with uh, Alex Reynolds just kind of got the wind knocked out of him and knocked out, apparently. The wind? Yeah, he, like, you know, he took a splash and then also a leg drop. So I imagine... It looked to me like he took the splash and the leg drop and the top rope leg drop knocked him out. Right. That's what it like to me. But yeah. if it was a story that if it, was, if it came out that like the wind was actually knocked down, him it's like, well, I need it. look here, bro. If, if the wind was knocked down, I need to react as if like the wind got knocked down. You like, go in, go in <laughs> I think, position, I think that's me adding my own color because I'm like that boy didn't yeah. move. That that like yeah. yeah, like the last time I saw somebody get hit with a leg drop and end up getting hit on the head was when incidentally Nasco Tora at the last year's. Cinderella tournament came off the top rope and landed ass first with the leg drop right on Jungle's head. And what do you know what happened uh, a year later? She hits with a leg drop on her knee and tears her fucking ACL. Maybe, just maybe, Jungle needs to never be around Nascatora ever a fucking game because she's been trying to murder her for all, all this time. But back to AEW. Yeah. Uh, Bucks ended up winning this match. This was uh, very fast. Uh, there were a lot of there was a lot of good wrestling uh, in this, and of course, there was that part we mentioned with Reynolds and Silver, and yeah. it seems like just no one picked up on it. It right. was like the blade like pulled him kind of to to tag him out, and then he was out of there. And it was like it was a lot of bodies body. around, everyone looking at everyone else, and not seeing Reynolds right. at any point, which right. was like there has to be someone, like one out of. How many people? Seven, eight. Someone's got to see him. It was nine so, people involved in the ring alone between all the participants. Well, actually, eight because one's knocked out. But uh, right. between the seven, uh, the seven wrestlers in Rick Knox, you know, um, in. Like, I'm not saying cameras. stop wrestling. Somebody see him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, yeah. And eventually they did, but the thing is, like, it needs to happen faster because. You go and watch the replay, and he just he just is in there for like 15, 20 seconds. Just I didn't even notice it live. Same here. And when you watch yeah. the replay, you're just like, oh my god! Like he's knocked the fuck out. And um, you know, I, I'm glad they eventually saw enough to get him out of the match. Like this wasn't a a Kyrie situation at TLC last year. Um, but like Kyrie wasn't knocked out flat out like in the way that um, Reynolds was, so maybe that would have changed if she if she were. But like, um, yeah, man, it was just all bad, and that and that's what the first thing I thought of was like someone getting knocked out at a certain point in the match, 
and then you know the match keeps going or whatever else. Um, and I'm I, I'm still a belief that like if someone gets knocked out in the match and it's not some important and it's not an important match that involves months of booking or whatever else, like like this match was, like if it's a match like this, like let me phrase that. In most matches, someone gets knocked out in the match. But if it's a match that's like super duper important, figure out whatever you need to figure out between all the parties involved besides from the um the knocked out person and get whatever finish you need to get done and get it done as, as soon as possible. Um like if they would have had to have Jericho go out there and riff for whatever out to end the match to get through it or, or uh, to to fill time until they close the show, that's what it would have had to be. But um, it was real bad, and it's it's a bad situation because it's like you have to start making choices that are against that that fly in the face of medical care for you know your guys or or your your guys and girls. So. Um, you know, it, it, it's rough being back there and the communication because it's like it's easy for me to say that, but like I ain't the one that's got to answer, that's got to talk to Turner. It was like, what the fuck? You just had sick whenever he went out, like six minutes of dead air. What happened? Was well, mm-hmm. guy got knocked out? Well, we're paying you fucking Kevin Durant money, <laughs> like so. It's it's you know it's, it it sucks. It, it really does. It really does. It's a yeah. bad situation for everybody involved, and, and it sucks that everybody got put in this position. And luckily he's okay. You know, apparently oh, he, he was okay. you know, right after that okay. he um he was up and at, were that night was he was cool, but um can, uh the at the end about, of the match Can we talk about Silvermania real quick? Yes. Can we talk about Silverism? Yes. Looking looking like baby Cesaro. Yes, that's the first thing I thought about. He went on that Cesaro multi multiple tag multi tag run where he just like kills everybody and basically goes on a hot streak by himself. A one person um hot tag. It was awesome. Um Silverism is real. Silver I believe that Silver is going to get some burn off this in a real way. Um and I'm excited for what he's able to do. I really want to see him Russell Pot. I really do. I really want to see him Russell Pack. I really do. I really, 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 really I want really, to really, see really him do. versus Mr. Brody Lee one day. Oh, that's gonna happen. That's definitely gonna happen. Like whenever they turn silver baby face, like oh that'll God. that'll that'll be a thing. Yeah, I can see that. In like yeah. you know in the next year or so. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um it, it came down to Bucks and Private Party, and they were kind of reprising their um match last year, yes. of course, when Private Party that, yeah. beat them. Right. Uh they did the entire finishing sequence, but instead of uh, you know Isaiah rolling him up, he ended up getting rolled up on a he reverse. reverses the roll, right? Yeah, like yeah, so. Yeah. Dropped into the victory roll position. Matt fell back, uh, got the one, two, three, and the Bucks are the number one contenders uh, to face FTR. FTR is on commentary, by the way. Uh, FTR was absolutely horrible on commentary. They were giving a lesson on how to not sell tickets, how to not draw money with your opponent. All they were doing is constant burial of the bucks, calling them like, you know, telling them uh, it's it's dumb shit about making tags and like backyard stuff, like all this stuff. Like that's cool that you may have said that stuff like months ago, like when the match wasn't on the horizon, but now like, you gotta be like, hey, these are tough guys in there. Like we've had a long history with these guys, even though we haven't, you know, ever been close to each other. And I'm excited to face them. Like something like that to like make it seem like people especially want to invest come, in this match. Especially when you come in and you make saves for them on their behalf because you want them healthy when you finally beat them. 
Right. Right. And all they did was like, I mean, I get it. I understand their heels. Like, I, I understand the wrestling business, but maybe I'm not the one that should be questioned on who understands the wrestling business. And this isn't the first time that I've had this question with FTR. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, if you, you want to go ahead, if you want to go ahead and take off on this now, because like they've like it feels like yo this this match is so much hotter the first day they showed up than it is now. When okay, so after they win the match, they go in, they hand them beers. They don't want their fucking beers because they've already been fucked uh, out of out of title shots because of them before dealing with them around. Um, they. End up brawling around. Um, they isolate Matt, and then they pilmonize his leg. Right? Yeah, yeah. So after oh, pay per view. Oh, and Tully jumps in with the fucking mask and gives like yeah. a, a Gato in like T- chair shot. Tully get help get comes off the second rope for a stuffed power our power driver um and was Tully he was masked even though there was no reason for there to be a mask and you knew it was Tully the second it happened cuz like we've seen Tully like do shenanigans at ring in AEW before we know what he what he moves like now at this age so I'm happy he didn't blow it anything out because when he did, I was like, oh, because this is like it made me worried the same way that like when he did it the first few times in AEW, it was like, I don't know mm-hmm. if the Joyce can handle this, but I'm glad nothing broke. I'm I'm happy. So, um, so that so basically since was it August when uh, when um when Heyman yeah. screwed him or September September was it August or September uh, late August. It was late August when when they got screwed. Ever since then, they've been heels and assholes to everybody um, in the in the basically that they interact with in AEW. Ever since then, um, the, the Young Bucks. So they've been dicks. So the answer to that was to get sympathy on Matt by effectively injuring or breaking his leg, whatever you want to call it, spraining his ankle, whatever the fuck. So now when they have the match. You're back to the dynamic they originally with, so it's like, why did you, or, or in theory, that's what it is. So why did you go with this thing where you had the young bucks be dicks for like a month and a half? Some, like, something's going on. I, I feel it's like. not make, it, like, it's not making sense because like if this is where you were going, you never you go you have them basically act like Kenny has acted more or less. Where it's like I got fucked by Hangman. I don't want anything to do with Hangman. Fuck you. You screwed me. Um, and I'm the person that got screwed here. And you let that cook until you do this because like now you've gotten you know after they've manipulated that dummy Hangman. Um, into turning now, like you are the aggrieved party, and now they're getting more heat. And like, granted, I'm okay with that as far as them doing that. But just, it was weird. Like after you've done this for six weeks with the young bucks, now you're back to them being the baby face. It's like, nah, man, this this was looking like a hill for sale program. Why you want to do that to begin with? I have no fucking idea. But now you've changed your mind seemingly, and I don't get it. And this is the this, and this is the program is like. This is so confusing. You had months to get this shit in order, and this happens like, well, years of backstory. Yes, but I'm not even. I'm just saying, as far as now that like they got signed and was there, like anybody can cut some promos on somebody that's in another territory. But now that they're here, it's like you've had months now to build towards this. You've done. You've and what you've done to the elite who are the babyface, the top babyface of this company is you. You made people not like 
because of the hangman interaction, uh, you've made the Young Bucks less likable. You have made Kenny Omega less likable. You have made anybody that's paid attention to this goddamn show from week to week made Hangman less likable. Unless you're just so in love with the fact that he drinks beer like every fucking body else. So, and he's not the elite elite. Right. So, my point is, you had these three top babyface acts. You've ner- you've managed to nerf all three of them for these fucking guys, and now. When it, when the time comes, you have also now hampered them because the heat they got is lessened because you've made the Young Bucks assholes. It's a feedback loop of bullshit. So, like, they've done all that and have fucked up their program or have hurt their, very much hurt their program over the last um, few months. And then you look at them basically just out of nowhere, pull a rabbit out of hot with John Moxley and, and Eddie Kingston. You're just like, this all from this this all come out of the same kitchen? What? Right. Right. Feels like something's like something's like not fuck up their right. own booking. How did the EVPs fuck up their own booking? Some something's not right. And I, like and I, it, and I and I don't normally like you know like, because like the, at the end of the, at the end of the day the booker is Tony Khan, right? But I imagine like the Bucks in FTR had a lot of say in what they were doing, but I just don't get it. I, I, I don't understand like what's some, happened. Right. I would like for somebody to answer for how this get this muddied up. I, just, I and it's like really the only thing that's muddied up right now. <sighs> yeah. Um, like luckily they got two weeks, so um, they're going to need to really verbalize their dislike of one another. Yeah. Yeah, I think. So, yeah. And, and, and so FDR has struggled. Hold on, hold on. So to fix it, we're going to have to rely on FTR to grab a microphone and explain their way out of this. I think the Bucks Good are gonna fucking have to I, 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 I think I think the Bucks gonna have to grab a mic and Matt's gonna have to you like mean Matt Jackson. Yeah, Nick and Nick, look, Nick gonna have to stand behind him like, yeah, you know. Right. <laughs> And and they may have to lean on um they might they may have to call Audible and and call Cody in here and, and on a video package or something and talk about what this match means and shit like that like they're gonna have to like if it's me I would full if court press they it. think that their road to show is going to save this for most people that are watching this and are paying attention they are sadly fucking mistaken because you know they love to do that with the young bucks like. They they let Nick I'm sorry they let Matt talk and then when they and then when the few times that he does talk it's cool but ultimately they always want to do their road to you know fake 24 stuff with the young bucks very often and if you think that's going to solve this as opposed to someone grabbing a fucking microphone and, and retconning this they're sadly mistaken it's going to take bald or hair or Matt Jackson to fix this. Nobody else. On a live microphone or with Shivani. Um yeah, doing or Jim figure Ross. This out. It's gonna take is or somebody. Like, I'm still trying to figure this out, right? Do you remember when they signed their con FTR signed their contracts and they had that segment where all of a sudden Art Anderson just walks the fuck in out of nowhere? Right. What where like Where does that come into play? That was months ago as well. 
I think I think that got out of there once um Arn um once they attack once they like attacked uh Ricky Morton, I think Arn was kinda out of there at that point. But it's like why was Arn there? Like they never told us why Arn was there. Yeah, like, that's another one with 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 that, that, that tag team appreciation night, right? It's just <laughs> it, it's just not it's not hidden. It's just not it's obvious. Yeah. Like this is one of the this is one of the worst top things they've done as a program. When you just go week to week to week and just watch the re- the things and and how these people have re- how these human beings have reacted, and it's like, nah, nah, like and it wasn't this bad. Like it wasn't as bad six weeks ago, but like now that we're here, now this part is like none of this none of this really makes much sense. Like. The only thing I believe is that both of them hate each other's guts, but as far as like anything else, nah. Maybe that's all that matters to most people. Look, who knew we'd get a save it in the ring situation uh, here? Because it, it seems like it was a layup, but maybe they had the, look, they had look, months. maybe, maybe they were too wide open. You know what's funny? You know, you, like you know about that phrase a little bit. Oh yeah, oh, they, they he's were too wide too, open. They, they were given too many options. They decide to cr- and they end up crashing the car. Yeah. 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 Um. You know, it's funny you said about saving in the ring. It, you, you know what this feud reminds me of? What? They Becky Lynch won the Royal Rumble in 2019, and they had ten weeks to get to WrestleMania, and they did all. They did everything but. I don't think this over. is nearly no, no, as bad right, as that. right, 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 right. <laughs> no, no, I, absolutely. So I don't like, really want to be. Like, I don't, I don't like, really like, like that's that, like no, like that's like that's getting drafted the ever, fuck out of here. Draft. Like I don't think this ever. is getting drafted. This is, <laughs> but this is disappointing. This is disappointing. Yeah. Right. So you're right. Absolutely right. I'm not. I'm not. And I wasn't trying to uh, say that. But gotcha. when I think of you, got to go save the ring. Is like, okay, you fuck this up. Go save it in the ring. Oh wait, you decided to run WrestleMania for five and a half hours, and in 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 like twelve o'clock, you want to decide to have a winner. Okay, like I don't think they're not going to do that. I have enough trust in AEW. No, they're not going to do that. But this match better be every bit as good as they have said this. As both of them have let you believe that they think this match can be. Um, and if not. If it's if, just a regular, if, think- if this is a regular good old four star match, a four star match ain't good enough given the shit that we've had to deal with nope. between all this stuff. It has to be nope. above four stars. Like, like uh, if it's not at where it needs to be, FTR needs to go ahead and start their world tour. Like they need to go ahead and uh, and start start barnstorming because, like, at this point, like, what we need them here for a- anymore? At that point, they will have uh, tragically well, failed a- well, as an act. Okay. I don't. I'm not going that far. I would say they're fucked up the the, the act. They they fucked up like the program they were brought. They in fucked. For. Up, they blew their biggest match. Yeah. Um. But like, here's the thing. They still have good matches on TV all the time, regularly. The problem is for me is just like all this shit they've taught. Like, why? Okay. If you are the people that talk all this kind of shit on Twitter. How about you use that same brain power that comes up with these tweets to craft a cohesive fucking narrative? Is that that hard to ask? You, I think you can do it on Twitter, so, but you cannot so do it. You can, but you cannot do it in the drafts. I, I of, think of they're phone. so set on doing this Cornetta Jace stick, thinking that's where you know the the heat needs to be, and 
I think they're misguided on that because I think that's yeah. Is Jim Cornette on his worst day booking a program this fucking poorly? After what year? <laughs> I've never seen. Yeah. I've never seen any Jim Cornette helm thing that he had a total control of, be, spiraling out of control like this with shit. All these fucking plot holes and inconsistencies and, and poor character choices and motivations. But nah, I, even even I think... even, even Cornette's worst day because Cornette, his thing is like he's too conservative for the standards of today. But by being so conservative, he still just fo- follows a storyline of just plain, regular, boring, old storytelling of, of A to B to C to Z. They, they are here pulling out. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they doing, bro. What are they doing? Yeah. I, I No, I think that when I say the Cornette stuff, like the stuff that he runs down, like, you know, the Young Bucks with, and I think they're trying to take on a little bit of that, thinking that's the the ticket to like people wanting to see the young bucks kick their ass but no that's no. that's not really it i don't think because because i think a lot of the people have tuned cornet out so it's like and, and see these complaints is like illegitimate and like also not really like like they don't mean anything because no. like we see we see like you know we we have um rating segments that we can point to like we we see who's drawing and selling merch and like who's actually put on great matches well, we the whole time well we know for a fact we don't know where, they don't know where their actual heat really is because when you go out here and you cut a promo saying like the the Young Bucks are only getting opportunities because of Dave Meltzer and his wacky star rating as opposed to the reality which is because they fucking draw you numbskulls <laughs> like that you know that that's where you are is like you they have they have WWE brain rot they just do like, and I'm you know I've never used that phrase, but it's like they think they think they know what the heat is, but they're but they're they're but they're they're missing an important detail, and it leads them to jump to this conclusion. Like, nah, bro. Like, bro, you know how much strong you know how how much more credible it would be if FTR would allude to the Young Bucks being as successful as they were. Like, you sold all these T-shirts, you've built this empire. But you've never beaten us. Stuff like, like stuff okay. like that. Like Better that's yet. real. Right. Think of the way that after they blew that three-one lead, the way we shat on the Nuggets for or the uh, the Clippers were blowing that three-one lead to the to the Nuggets, but being choking dogs and and writing mm-hmm. and and talking all that cash and ultimately. And to be fair, they've done that, but they didn't do it in a memorable way. They. They have not done it well enough at all. Like it's just they're just not they're not dynamic enough to where you remember any of that shit. Like I barely remember no. that they did that. And it's not like to where like that should be your thing. It's like you failed over and over and over again. You are fucking losers, uh, or whatever else. But but they're not doing that. They're more they're talking about fucking Dave Meltzer over you're and over. About Meltzer. Like I don't give a fuck about Dave Meltzer as far as a TV as far as a wrestling TV show. I'm sorry, that's not heat. That's like. Wait a second. So, you 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 don't want to just fight them and embarrass them and show them that they're frauds or or or, or at least like give up the old hill try of line. I feel like we've gotten talked talk too far about. Yeah, this, we've we've gone it's, way too. It's, it's, too been much bad. it's just been bad. It's just but. been it's just has careened in, into a fucking ditch and they need to, they need to go get a a a crane and get it out. 
if they can in two weeks. It's yeah. just, it's just, I, look, if I'm them, I'm bringing Ross in the room. I'm bringing like anyone with a brain that <laughs> that feels like they can put together something like like two video packages and like a promo segment and figure this out because I still think you like like you don't have much time, right? You don't have well, much you have time. Some time. You, yeah, <laughs> like it is just it. It makes. It makes no sense. It just doesn't make sense. And like literally, like, throw it, away everything it is not even at this point. It's not even necessarily like it's awful or bad. Like how I I made those um the parallels between like um the Charlotte and Becky, the, the Charlotte Becky and Ronda thing. It's not. It's not horrible or bad. It just doesn't make sense. And you can and you can do. I I believe that there's enough brain power in the AEW like like the AEW brain trust to fix this and quite frankly I'm surprised nobody's fixed this before because it may, or, or let this even get to this point because it's like how did it get to this point who's watching this shit I don't get it man yeah uh anyway it's weird um, it's, it's weird this is a, this Still, a one, one of the best shows in the top yeah. of the cards. Or yeah, in, one of, in the above the mid card. It, yeah, um, very well received show. Uh, that first hour was like incredible. Depends yeah. on where you stand on that dance number. I guess how you feel about the yeah, uh, right, whole show. Right, right. Uh, tag match is still good at the uh, main event. Uh, this is a really strong show. So um, yeah, if you want to run it over to uh, Orlando. Uh yeah, we can do that. Okay, so the first match is Tommaso Ciampa versus Kushida versus uh Velveteen Dream, which started in the ring. Um or not in the ring, but started with Kushida immediately in the ring. Um this is the first time I remember NXT like just more or less like trying to start it off fast or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um I'm, let me pull up my something to watch there. So this match is really good. Like it, it is more or less Kushida and Champa fighting each other as they're both trying to whoop Velveteen's ass. The 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 Nick picks or not Nick picks. The problem I'm gonna have this match is that Velveteen is still over super over the top selling. Like his his normal brand of of you know selling it to eleven is now still on fifty, and it's like it needs to be reeled the fuck in. And I don't know if. Anyone's grabbing him and like, bro, you are you are doing a disservice to your matches by doing this cartoonish shit. But they are they're being the shot of each other, or sorry, they're being the shot of uh, Velveteen. Um, and then in between times, the next person recovers to get their licks in on Velveteen. Um, they get, there's a spot where let me the, the, just to show you how ridiculous the selling is of Velveteen is. They get Velveteen in a corner. They put Kashid or Champa puts Kashida in the corner. Champa chops Kushida who because Kushida is also chopping back but he he chops mm-hmm. Kushida Kushida sells because his chest got chopped Velveteen is selling because the person that's in front of him just got chopped why and then what would happen is he would chop Kushida those two both sell in the corner Kushida would like lean to the side or duck down and then he would chop Velveteen so it was like so tell me again why you're selling for the chop when the person, whatever, 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 whatever. So, um, there's a bunch of cool stuff. 
in this match as far as um them crossing each other up or them mm-hmm. setting each other up for uh finishers and then um it's a typical they're playing on the typical WWE pattern of oh somebody is going to steal someone's finisher um so they they would like kick out of it or whatever else um ultimately at the end we end up getting um after they worked over Velveteen's hand and still has a cast on it um they get Velveteen out the ring and Champa, and sorry, Kashida actually beats Champa. Uh, he ends up beating him because mm. they uh, Velveteen gets on the apron as they go to do like the run du- double run up on the rope and then roll over into a um, victory roll or not victory roll but a school board or something roll up um, where they they Champa runs into Velveteen but Velveteen hits him with the cast so he knocks him out with the cast and then uh, Kushida also hits him with the German suplex uh, coming off the rope so um, so last week it, Champa was dead to rights he was about to tap out to the hoverboard lock until Velveteen ran in um, and gave him DQ so it's like they're they're shooting uh, they're shooting Chopper Bell. I think this is eventually going to lead to a full-on Chopper versus Kushida match, which would be great because they've had two matches so far. Both of them have been very, very good, even with Velveteen bullshit. Hey, so it, it, as long as he ain't facing Gargano, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then we end up getting a backstage problem with Undisputed Era. Adam Cole is there via uh, tablet. Um, they say, you know, they won the number one contendership for the tag match, uh, for the tag titles last week, so they're getting their match against the um, Breezango. Um, so, we get a commercial for Chauncey and Halloween Havoc um, talking about the, 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 the wheel, the make-a-deal wheel. So, so Chauncey Blackheart is the host of Halloween Havoc, so yeah. this is like like Joey Janela's spring break is like Shotzi Blackheart's Halloween Havoc. Kind of. Kind of <laughs> I, I, I like that. Kind of. They're not selling that way, but like you, you take it wherever you want to take it. Um, yeah. We end up getting should. a promo. Sorry? They should. <laughs> we end up getting a video package for to build uh, Raquel versus uh, Rhea. They just showed this, these two damn Amazons just... <laughs> I can't wait to see these. I can't wait to see these women's lock up. <laughs> so, um, we end up getting um, Ember Moon versus Jesse Kamea. Um, it's a quick match. It's it's little cool stuff they end up doing. Like Ember, um, kind of big leagues are like you're not in my league. I'm out class you and early on, and then um, she actually ends up getting her off the or Jamie. Jamie, yikes. Uh, Jesse actually. Uh, catches her after she big lead her and um, slams her on the on the mat and then like the next time she gets up quick she goes uh, Ember rolls comes off the ropes and I think she goes for a leg sweep but like Ember's basically like rolling dives to get away from it and she sells mm-hmm. the body slam because her back's hurt so then they go from there um, and they give they give Jesse a little bit, but ultimately she gets put away um, with this crazy looking submission hold. It was like <sighs> she wrapped up her legs one over the other, bent him, bent the bent them at the knees, 
while her knees are basically like trapped at um, Ember's waist. And then from behind, Ember wraps her arms around Kamea's face. I think I saw a, a gif of this. Yeah, it, it yeah, it, it looked I it looked it was a whack it was what I would describe as a wacky lucha submission. So, I was just gonna say yeah, that. <laughs> you, you know, it's like this is some shit I ain't never seen before. This had to be from Mexico. They they love putting people in these impossible assholes. It's either Mexico or from Zack Saber. Anyway, wow. um, I'm dead serious. I feel like every like crazy, ridiculous, like un- inconceivable submission hold either comes out of Mexico or from the, from the mind of Zack Saber Jr. Um, so after the match. Uh, Dakota ends up coming by the ring, tripping Ember, spinning her around and giving her a big boot uh, while she was suspended and hanging off the apron. And then she says to her, you think you can make a name? You can just come back here and make a name off of me when nothing's coming. Um, so she wants her. Uh, we end up getting going backstage where uh, Bobby Fish is laid out with a bad with a bad knee. He doesn't he didn't see who did it. So he So we got a who done it, James? Oh. Well, is it a who done it if it gets answered in like the in the same show? I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean it, got, it all got answered in the same out. show. But uh gotcha. so um remember the three three other no, love, guys are still no, there. I love my who done it. Yeah, yeah. You know, a, you know, NXT loves a who done it, a good one. Um, so, so uh it was three the three undisputed boys, it was Fish, it was um Roddy and it was O'Reilly that were all still there, so like he's down, so they just assume, alright, well it'll just be um, you know, the best undisputed tag team of Fish and and Roddy. I'm sorry of I'm sorry, of O'Reilly and, and Roddy, the classic uh undisputed era. Uh, tag yeah. team will, will will get their shot. So, um, we need to get in Bronson Reed versus Theory. This match is basically those two chop each other. Um, Bronson Reed gets up on the top or gets the advantage. He goes up to the top rope to finish uh, <laughs> Theory. Theory gets thrown off the top. He fires up. He goes up there again. He gets thwarted again, put on his ass and laid out. And he gets, he goes out there and gets splashed. They call the mm-hmm. splash the tsunami. I love it. Big Bronson Reed. That ain't no splash. That is a tsunami. That's, that, that's yeah. like, I, it makes sense. Um, they're not calling him the colossal Bronson Reed. Hmm. And they, like, the name is, he is the, they call him the colossal. I like it. I'm shocked. Look, I I think there's like a step. Like eventually, they're gonna be calling that man the Colossus. <laughs> I'm sure that's some shit. Why does that sound like some shit they like were workshopping for like uh, Ron Simmons when he was Spartacus? Oh my god! So, um, anyway, like also to be noted, like have you seen his uh, Titan Tron entrance? Uh, uh, Bronson Reed's like since I they made the, done the, the Godzilla stuff. Like basically, he's like Godzilla. Walking through buildings, it's it's cool, right? It's been around uh-huh. for a few months now, right? Actually, I think I have seen that. They have added, they have added the words "colossal" and like the Godzilla print, like the Godzilla font. Like I, I really like this shit. I really like. Obviously, you know, it's only it's only going to go, but so far in NXT, but like, I, I like what they. I like the presentation. Black, of Black man, a gorilla, huh? Is it? Black? Aboriz- he's, he's Aboriginal. They're, yeah, they're Aboriginal. Yeah. 
okay, but they're clearly going towards Godzilla, not King Kong, so I'm, I'm okay with yeah. that. Um, <laughs> so, after he beats this man with the splash, he walks out the ring. Fury says, give me a microphone. I'm 23 years old, damn it. I've done things that you've never done in your 15-year career. I don't care if it takes all night. You are going to get your ass back in this ring, and I'm not, and I'm going to keep fighting you until I beat you. Bronson Reed comes back down to the ring. As he slides back into the ring, after hearing all that, all that jibber-jabber, mm-hmm. Austin Reed stomps a mud hole in him for a couple seconds, right? He hits the opposite rope. He comes back. He catches a pop-up Samoan drop for the L. <laughs> he beats that man again. I love this shit. Get Austin Reed the fuck off my TV screen. So, um, then, uh, they go to commercial, or they're heading to commercial break, and they're showing Swerve backstage with Adonis and Atlas. Um, they come back, and we get the match. Um, Hold on, didn't uh, what was it? Something I heard about Austin there. He like did a promo where that's he like late. that's later in the show. Okay, that's later in the show. So, um, we end up getting Swerve Atlas in. I almost called him Adrian Adonis. Jesus, uh, Ashanti Adonis versus uh, Legado del Fantasma. This match starts out by them, the baby faces, getting the heat on. I believe it was, uh, I believe it was, um, uh, Zima, Zima Ion, I can't remember what his real name is, right, or what his name is now, Joaquin Wilde, uh, and it's Joaquin like, Wild. that makes no sense, why the babyface is getting heat, it wasn't shine, it was literally them stomping a mohole on him in the corner and cutting off the ring in half for like the first three minutes of his match, I didn't understand it, so, in revenge. eventually, the tables turn, they get the heat on the rest, uh, on the baby faces. So then, in like the last like three minutes, it breaks out into the wild, some of the wildest shit you've ever seen in an AEW person tag match. Bro, there's Dog, a spot a dive. where Swerve fucking saved Jake Atlas' life. He should, he, he probably should be in a wheelchair if not for uh, Swerve saving this man's life. Yeah, they, that was the dive near the tables, right? Yes! Yes. Yeah, so, I saw that one. Now that they're in the capital, the capital, or basically the PC that's amped, that's been vamped up for TV, and they call it the yeah. Capitals Wrestling, whatever the fuck. The announce table isn't on a platform anymore. It is at ringside, and because the PC, like the configurations are still like for the barricade are still small in space, so it's similar to the amount of space you would have at full cell around the ring. So it's uh-huh. compact. So they do a spot where Swerve does a dive to the floor. He's on the floor um, n- with uh, Mendoza. They're on the floor to spot these guys. Atlas yeah. gets on the apron. He's facing He's facing to- inside the ring, right? Wild comes off the ropes, comes back, and goes for a top rope, generic top rope dive that Atlas is turning into a Spanish fly on the on the underneath Swerve mm-hmm. and Mendoza. As it's happening, because I watched, I replayed it three times and after just being like, oh my God, is somebody fucking die here? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
basically because of the there's no room because like I said short there's no space to where like this would be a normal um configuration for the ringside area for a WWE show the table's way closer than it should be so he's trying so uh Wild is trying to dive over the top rope while falling in a space of like I don't know six feet eight feet if that Mm-hmm. At full speed to avoid this table, so he, he's it's, it's a weird thing. And then also, while it's happening, and he's in Atlas goes his his flip. He also is trying to account for the same thing of not clipping this table. Mm-hmm. And then while trying to avoid clipping this table, he he clips the middle rope, so it goes super short. Luckily, Swerve. Catches Mendoza didn't catch nobody, um, but <laughs> Swerve oh. catches. Yeah, I, I saw another dive in this match, bro. Yeah, oh, Swerve didn't get caught. Swerve dive. Swerve didn't caught. That was that was yeah. That, I, I'll get to that too. So Swerve yeah. basically, I'll, I'll move to I'll move to that and then move on. Swerve does basically the Tyler Bate corkscrew off the top rope to the floor. We're not man yes. soul on Legado Del Fantasma. I don't know. Did they even graze him? Bro, they didn't not that clip was like him, that. not clip him. Did they even graze him? Bro, bro, they didn't they didn't by accident come close to that man. The Mike Mazanin school of not <laughs> catching a bitch. So back to this even crazier spot. Luckily, Swerve, because it was the corkscrew, mm-hmm. landed on his ass and tailbone like you're supposed to in that spot. But like if he had done something crazier, who knows what would happened to him. It's bad enough that he may have jacked up his back. But still, so then fast forward and keep in mind this is all like a three minute span from that spot to this spot where you get the, the, the botched um, tope turned into a uh, Spanish fly off the apron to the floor. Right. Swerve while they're mid water coming down and they're not coming down rotating the way they should. He basically grabs those two because he realizes like that's the reason why he's there is to grab them two. So. So much weight comes down on him that he basically collapses and falls, and they and basically like I paused it. Atlas has Swerve's body and torso not been underneath those two heads and necks. Mm-hmm. Would have landed literally his head jacked all the way back. Imagine jacking your neck back as far as you can and then dropping directly on dropping completely straight down. That's how mm-hmm. he would have fell if not for Swerve trying to catch him and falling. Like he is so lucky to be alive and up and functioning. They finished the match out um, with uh, there was a tease for that crazy uh, like inverted power flip inverted power bomb off the ropes that uh, Swerve does. Um, and Legado del Fantasma steals the win. They didn't pin Swerve, but I forgot how they got out of it. But the bad guys won. Um, so. Then we end up getting a segment with the Garganos. Candace has made a mini uh, Wheel of Death. Johnny takes and talking about we're going to practice. You know, I like to control things. I need to know. I you know I want to be able to control the you know the spin, almost like someone making like a Wheel of Fortune uh, wheel and at their house just because they finna go to Burbank. Uh But um, Johnny spins the mini wheel and it lands on. Buried alive match. 
So, in theory, for the for the North American title, he would have a Bear to Live match with Damian Priest, the vampire nigga. <laughs> like, so, so he's like, he's like, he's like, he makes his face like, I don't want to have this match with this man. <laughs> I want to have a Bear to match with this man. So, Candace like, like, don't worry about, don't worry about it, Johnny. I'll spin. She spins. It lands on trigger, trigger, or street. So a street met, a street fight. Trigger like, street, okay. street fight. You yeah. Know. Like, okay. Uh, I can, I can do that with, you know, I got some confidence. I beat me and him, you know, a couple months ago in a, in a street fight. That's okay. That's okay. I'm okay with that. So then Johnny goes, he's like, she, she goes like, I can, I'll, I've done this. I can be NXT Women's Champion off a street fight. Johnny says, "Yeah, you'll be in, you'll be in, you'll be in a human champion while your husband's fucking buried." <laughs> <laughs> so, so then she, so then she's like, "Just spin again, just get out your mind, just spin again." He spins again. That shit lands on casket match. He goes back to making that face like, "I hate this. I can control this. I hate this. I'm out of here." So, like, they have. The Garganos lately, now that they're done doing the stupid looking to the camera with the effect thing in the black and white, they're they're on they're on the right path now. They're on the white they're on the right path. So um we end up getting Killian Dane versus Ever Eyes again. Uh they get the heat on Killian Dane. I'm sorry, not Killian Dane, on Maverick. Killian Dane gets in there, has a hot tag, they cut him off. They work over a, they, they work over his leg with a chop block. He's about to win until someone, one of them ran in there with a chop block. They put him in a leg submission camera, what, what it was. Uh, they get Drake Maverick out of the ring. The other one basically traps him against the ring and talks shit to Maverick and says, Maverick, you're a loser. You've been nothing but pathetic your whole life. This is, this person treats you like shit and this is your only friend. I'm like, do you know who he's married to? Never mind. But he's like, this is your only friend. He fires up, grabs a chair, gets free, grabs a chair, beats the shit out of the, out of the one Everized dude on the floor, gets in the ring, cracks the chair against, uh, the other Everized dude's back. They lose via DQ. So he, so Maverick's like, damn, I just lost this match with, with Dane. Dane's going to fucking kill me. He's like, go ahead, punch me in the face. And Dane's like, that was awesome. Where has this been when you've been doing all this other bullshit? So they're on their way towards their friend, their, you know, their friendship. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, a, a nothing match though. An absolutely nothing match. So they cut backstage and Roger Strong is now out, laid out, knocked out, face down. Roderick, or not, not Roderick, but, uh, O'Reilly's like, what happened? What happened? What's going on? Officials come on scene. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? They go to commercial break. They come back to commercial break. It's uh, Regal, O'Reilly, Breezango, Orkin, and Birch. So they say to Regal's like, look, man, like this was the main event. This was planned. Um, I don't have another match. Um, so the, the belt must be defended. Um, do you Oh, Kyle, do you want to defend? You want to challenge for the belts with either with either Lorcan or Birch? Um, you know, because Undisputed did win. He says, "Nah, man, I'm not doing that. I'm going to the hospital to go with Roddy and Fish, presumably, um, but especially Roddy." So he forfeits the title shot to Lorcan and Birch, and they're in. Um, they 
Regal asked Fandango, or Breezango, do y'all want to, y'all cool with this? They all agree. They shake hands and they get ready for the main event. So then we end up getting, um, Casey versus, uh, Casey Kanzar versus Zaya. Earlier in the show, they did this promo where, like, Casey points out that Zaya's been a dick to her and Caden over the past few weeks, but is willing to forgive them because of this weird pressure that Zaya is now under because Boa showed up and gave her a letter, and then after getting the letter, walked up to Regal and said, I very much need a match next week. It is of, of critical importance that I get a match next week. And Regal gave her this match. So she said, look, it is what, whatever has been going on with you, we've always been friends before, so hopefully, like, you know, by me giving you this match, we can cool this out. So, mm-hmm. flash forward to the match, they're having this match, it's okay, it goes super short, of course, which is funny, because it's Zion Casey short joke, ha ha So, um, ultimately, Casey ends up winning. Um, match with a bunch of, oh, here's what I will say about this. The difference level of strikes between Zia Lee strikes and Casey Catanzaro strikes are like the difference of strikes between like Alistair Black and The Miz. Maybe wow. maybe bigger. Like Casey threw these punches during her comeback that were like she wasn't throwing punches like this or punches like uppercuts to the guts or hooks to the guts. She was throwing punches that were going from right to left as if she was opening a car door. I don't know where those came from. I don't know what those are. I don't know who taught her that. But those is not the way and it made me think you cannot fight. Those were not the Naomi or Bianca Belair punches. (laughs) She needs needs to go to one of them. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, oh yeah, you clearly have never gotten physical in your life, flippy girl. So, um, anyway, uh, Casey no, ends up you, winning. If you can't punch, don't. Right, throw <laughs> forearms. That's why, that's why so many people throw forearms, because their punches don't look good. Um, so, Casey ends up winning. Zaya uh, blows her stack, attacks her because she's failed given whatever was in that fucking letter we haven't seen yet <laughs> three weeks ago or two weeks ago and Casey or like Caden's at ringside Caden comes and makes a save for her they start fighting then out of fucking nowhere for no reason whatsoever Rhea hits the ring from the backs from the from not from the main entrance from the backside out of nowhere and lays out all three of the lollipop gill and grabs a mic and says Rhea, you see this? This is what's in your future at Halloween. Havoc. She pauses like that. <laughs> Halloween. Havoc. I think what she was really going to do was she was supposed to, she was going to say, she was going to sh- shortcut it and call it just Havoc, but she fucked it up and she was like, oh no. Oh. Havoc. And added Havoc at the end. So I was like, whatever. Just keep glaring into the That's camera funny. and keep flexing. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, um, then we end up getting a a backstage interview with Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes walking around backstage and says, "I've laid out this this, this goofball Loomis over and over. I think it's happened twice now. Um, I'm not concerned about him." So then, the interviewer I can't remember her name. She's newer. Says, "Well, are you concerned about this match that you're going to have with him?" Halloween Havoc. No, I'm not concerned about no match. And I believe the match was 
was if some oh it's like a, a, haunt, a, a match from dead. that's right a, a match from Dan Coffin's personal hell uh, he uh, haunted house of terror match a haunted house of terror match now I'm assuming this is like the Bray Wyatt or any order match 2017 or no oh my god is that, I that hope wasn't, not. That, wasn't that a house of horrors match house of horrors yep okay so he is basically by a um a a window mirror Mm-hmm. Um, like it looks like he's about to walk into a break room. So the camera's facing the window, and as he's giving the news, his he bugs out his eyes and he's looking off camera, and then into the um that win- that mirror that uh, door with a window, Loomis is just staring darts through him, but he never turns and meets eyes with him. He never even knows that he's there yet. He's just like just making a creepy face at. Grimes. Grimes is shook and is like, well, you know, I I, 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 I guess I guess I'll just gonna have to beat him and um, and that's how I'm gonna make it to the top of the moon or, or the moon, whatever his catchphrase is. And he walks off and then you, they look at Loomis looking at him walk off. It's like, I don't care about Loomis. Yo, that man sounds bad. Not even Cameron Grimes can work that into making being good. And if he does, <sighs> boy, He's better than I even think he is. So, uh, we end up getting a uh, EO vignette about the will of uh, about the will of doom or whatever it's called. The make a make a deal will, and she says, "Street match, I beat Candice. Casket match, I beat Candice. Trick or street, I beat Candice. Bro, he's going like I, more, more, more at Halloween Havoc. I beat Candice. That was the whole promo." Bro. I want to see the Io Shirai casket match. You know how dope she would have how double casket match. Hey, look, bro, she's great. She can have any look, damn match. Awesome. I want, I want the Io. I strictly want it for the visual. The Io Shirai casket match. If what does want, the Io Shirai casket look like? I don't know. Uh, small, I imagine. But uh, what I will is it say black is, with a yellow stripe you, on if it. If you want to see Io Shirai in a non traditional wrestling match in a gimmick match if you will you can go to stardom world it's from 2018 in like probably the spring and her and tam had an explosion death match against natsu and kagetsu and yeah like when people you've seen people dress up in the in the in the death match tam gear before for halloween so yeah you've seen you you're familiar you just i've never watched that match like but Maybe I will eventually. I don't know, but look, I'm um, trying to see the cat. I'm trying to see the casket match get passed around to as many like <sighs> non like like regular wrestlers. We're doing Do a casket wanna, match. <laughs> you want to see the Kazushka Okada casket, casket match? <laughs> yes. What, what what does that match look like? You know. You know, be that is goofy simulation. Like, okay, so this is this is like. Has there ever been a casket match that wasn't held in WWF or WWE? Yes, yes. Oh, oh there has. Okay. Yes. Uh, I figured like many coffin matches, Dusty Rose has done a bunch of them. Oh, so, which is which means Cody's a threat to do them at some point. Yes, it does. That's exactly um, what that means. That's exactly uh, what that means. I'm sure there have been casket matches in ECW. I would imagine, um, but yeah, all throughout like territories, it would be like coffin. Matches. Shout out to Dan Coffin. Like seriously, who is morbid enough to say, "Hey, I'm alive." Like, I, like this I sounds like to, I'm going to attempt fate and fuck around and for a gag for morbid curiosity. 
go out here and have a casket match where I'm going to lose and someone's going to close a casket. You know, this thing that is can be sealed and airtight. Nah, bro, Look, I'm not doing that. I, I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure Jerry Lawler has had a casket match in Memphis uh, one of these weeks that he was there. I'm sure that's happened at some point. Wow. Okay, so... um. We end up getting from there. We end up getting a an uh, first ever live in ring version of Thatch as Thatch can. Rich ah oh, demonstration live. He he's in there. He ta- he he, uh, he talks his shit like he normally does, like like he normally does. And then he wants to show a live demonstration. He he says um he wants to show us how to defend against um someone trying to single leg you. Right, so he has this dude. He has a, his student. He says, "Student, what's your name?" Got to get this right. I, I wrote it down. Uh, what's your name? Oh, my name's Anthony. Great, Andrew. Come. <laughs> he calls him Andrew. Andrew, come, come, come. Try to take my leg. He tries to take his leg. Um, and he ends up turning it into a. Oh, he turns it into a, a legit cravat and explain how and showed you what a legit cravat actually looked like and how it's Boy, actually. William Regal William Regal must have nutted himself. Look, but here's the thing. Why does Timothy Thatcher's legit cravat look so much different from everybody else's fake cravat? <laughs> it's like that shit was like you see the the wrestling crevasse in WWE and you're just like that shit ain't putting nobody in, in nothing like you see Thatcher put this dude in his cravat and you're like yo he could take somebody out if he really wanted to so anyway so Timothy lets, Thatcher is Stu Hart basically yeah that, you know he's been doing it for months now this is one of my favorite things in WWE in a, uh, WWE in 2020 is Thatcher Thatch can so then he's like okay this time you you know he puts him in a real hold and that man taps out. So he's like, you you know, gasp for breath a little bit. So he's like, all right, now use some, you know, you mad now. So use use some of that aggression. You come on, attack me, Alex. Keep in mind his name's Anthony. At first called him Andrew. Now he's Alex. Yeah. So he goes and attacks him, attacks the foot for the for the uh, the single leg. He he rolls through, ends up on top, and slaps on a uh, was it a single leg crab? Half I think it was crab. single leg crab. I think it was single leg crab. So. And then, oh no, I'm sorry, he, he rolls over the top and it turns it into a, a Kimura. So, he's like, you see this point right here? This is where people tap. And then, Andrew taps. I'm sorry, Anthony taps. So, he's like, but you see how much more space I have to hyperextend it? And he turns it on him. He starts tapping profusely. He starts screaming and yelling, like, let me go. Oh, ah. No, not like that, but he's like, let me go. He's screaming. So, he finally lets go. And then, um... The commentators are concerned whether that he may have broken it or not, but gets back up. Anthony gets up, and you can see on his face, he's 38 hot, he's furious. This dude took advantage of me, I'm just a student, and, he, and he's, he's out here beating the shit out of me. I'm, 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 about, to, I'm about to whoop him, right? So, <clears throat> he says, so, Thatcher is continuing on with his, you know, about to wrap up his demonstration, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, Buddy grabs him behind and, and you know gets attention and he's like, "Oh, you got oh you you, you want to do something? You want to do something?" And all of a sudden, 
will do something. He will do something. He grabs him, puts him in a in a choke, puts Thatcher in a choke for a few seconds, run, runs him to to one of the corners, and then Thatcher escapes from the corner after like struggling for a little bit, and he was like, "Hey ref, come in here. You want to fight? Let's fight." It goes like a few seconds. He puts that man another hole and and, and doesn't let go. <laughs> I was just like, I just, I just love this mean old gruff motherfucker wants to beat people's ass. Uh, it, it went lo- a little bit long. Like there were strikes and and tough strikes and and knees to the gut involved. But like ultimately he puts he just beats his ass in seconds and and puts him another hold. I think it was single leg crab this time and he tapped out. Um, mm-hmm. So and then we end up getting a, uh, a Damian Priest tattoo parlor segment. Priest is uh, sitting in a chair getting tattoos. He's talking about, like, the Wheel of Death and Gargano and talking about how Gargano, you know, I know you think you have some type of identity crisis right now or whatever else, but, like, you are exactly who you, you say you always are. The problem is, I wasn't around then, and it's my turn now, and I'm not scared of pain. He's getting a tattoo, talking about pain, and he's willing for whatever is uh, is willing to come. So he's, he's going to beat this man's ass at, uh, at uh, I almost called Hell in a Cell, Halloween Havoc. So then we end up getting Breezango versus uh, Lorcan and Birch. They had a match. <laughs> um, a match? It, they had a match. One of the things I would like to point out is they ended up with a spot where uh, Breeze is out on the floor. Uh, I believe it was Birch that sticks his head out over the ropes to go get him and bring him back into the ring. And he does like the Adam Cole deal where you like you get free and then you hit him with a, a jumping kick to the head while they're still th- between the ropes. This man airballed the kick and Bur- Birch had, still had to sell it. I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know if his foot got got hit the apron or whatever. All I know is foot did not come nowhere within a foot or two feet of Birch's head. <laughs> um, ultimately, um, Breeze is about is or not a Breeze, but uh, Fandango's about to go up for the win. And all of a sudden, somebody out of nowhere with a hood on and a, and a mask on shoves his ass off of the uh, off of the, the top turnbuckle and then hides underneath the ring apron. And Breeze sees it, but the ref was distracted, so he's looking around, listening to Breeze about there being someone being there. He doesn't see anybody because you know these refs are idiots. So um, all of a sudden, while Breeze gets out the ring and looks around for the intruder because he's also an idiot and doesn't think to look underneath the ring. So while that's happening, Birch low blows Breeze Ango. They hit their finish. They lay out uh, or play keep away from uh, Fan- no, they lay out Fandango too. Or not Fandango, but lay out Breeze outside too and then they pin him. Dude comes from underneath the ring and Takes and he has on this silver mask that's almost like the Cobra Commander from GI Joe, except the mask is two sizes too small for whoever's head this is, so it looks terrible. Dude takes off the mask is Pat McAfee. So this all means that this it ain't is, over. This is the A vehicle alliance. To push Pat McAfee. This is the alliance to end. Undisputed Mania, or Adam Cole Mania, or Bebe Mania, whatever the fuck you want to call it. He lost, he did all this fucking cheating, and he lost in a match where he was outclassed by, uh, your boy. And what I would like to remind everybody is, like, the worst takeover in years. They immediately, 
they immediately don't bring him back. The second he comes back, they go back to having a normal caliber takeover. And their idea was to bring him back. Whatever. So, he has Thatcher... He asked Thatcher and Burke, well, whatever promo they, he did or whatever else was not airing on NXT. Maybe it was after TV, but for YouTube. Yeah, I saw like, it on Twitter. Okay, so he never grabbed the mic. He just talking shit like boom or whatever else. So he said, like, that's undisputed does a, and mockingly does undisputed face. So, I don't know where this was headed. I don't know what changes they made, but it's pretty clear, but it seems to me that the person that, uh, was paying or bankrolling um, um, not Menzies. Was it Menzies? Ridge got Ridge Holland before he yep. pulled out his knee was McAfee because he's the one that laid out Cole going to the show. So who done it? Who done it was actually McAfee, or he'll explain that to you eventually. So, so there was a who done it. <laughs> there was yes, yes, there was who done it. So what's also at play is everybody in undisputed. Especially, particularly, uh, Kyle O'Reilly. I should take that back. Not O'Reilly. But, as far as people that are, um, that are suspects, Bobby Fish, no one, he, they ran into Bobby Fish while he was hurt. We don't know if he was actually hurt. Face down was, um, Roger Strong. Roger Strong was face down. No one saw him actually get hurt. Those two also, did not know where Adam Cole was when he got stabbed in the in the wine cellar, right? Just like just like any other murder mystery, they were with them when Rich Holland whooped that ass. So either one of them or both of them could be one of these assholes uh, that are with McAfee when they eventually split up undisputed in the next coming few weeks or months or whatever else. So I would Adam obviously Adam Cole is the baby face. Probably O'Reilly is the baby face as well, but seeing that he conveniently left uh, to cater to these two dudes that were injured and gave and ceded their title shot to the other two dudes, he could possibly be in a, uh, be in with McAfee as well. And after having that that awesome fucking match, they might turn mm-hmm. him heel stupidly, which I would fucking hate. But whatever. Um, so anybody in undisputed stuff, Amicole could be. Um, in this shit, we don't know, but we know for sure that it's three guys right now: Lorkin, Birch, the tag team champions, and McAfee. And we'll see where they go from there. Um, am I enthused for this? Fuck no! I thought that we were done, but it's back. They were really about to have Ridge Holland, um, those two Lorkin and Birch around fucking Pat McAfee. They were about to get this man his own fat McAfee goon, you know. McAfee goon. <laughs> was really about to do it. They were about to try this shit. McAfee goes, I'll say this. Oh Pat McAfee God. can cut a promo. Yes, he he's can. Very, he's very entertaining. The yes, promo I saw on Twitter, I loved it, and I was like, man, these two guys get to be around him because we all know those two guys are tough as hell, and yep. Yep. you know, they've been around a long time, and this is a good look for them. I'm happy uh, that they're the tag champions. Yeah. So, um, do I wish that they would have gotten their run when they were still baby faces and the redemption story from when they lost at Chicago to a couple years ago and had that great match and came back and then when they got those comeback promos or they're having those great promos that made you like like them more than anybody any tag team on the main roster that wasn't new there to Usos. I would I would much rather have it back then, but we're here now. 
It was one of the yeah. things where it's like, could this have been better? Yes. Are we here now? Also, yes. Yep. Um, I'm going yeah. to miss the only lurking hot tags, though. God, he has great hot tags. But yep. McAfee Goon. Get ready. McAfee Goon. Oh, my God. Like, think about what this, think about where NXT is, right? Think about where NXT, um, would have been if not for some of these injuries. The champion would be Killian Cross, or Karrion Cross. Doing the Halloween Havoc shit and like, of, no, no, wrapping himself all in of, that. Seemingly out of nowhere and not over worth a damn would have been Karrion Cross as the NXT champion. Squashing people too. Yeah. And then and there who, was, who would have been fighting them? Right. And then they would be setting up, then they've been setting up for McAfee Goon as well. It's like, y'all are about to bring in these people that have no fucking track record whatsoever being over in any way, shape, or form, and you want to put them on TV and make them the top people in the company. Or not the but the brand. It's like, as opposed to Swerve? Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> this is, you know, and I was thinking about, like, you know, the Rhea thing... And it's like how how they've completely just fumbled that with her, and it's like, boy, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Like, I like that um, they're done hot shotting, but you, like when we're, when we're going to get to like the end of like the year in review for like the main roster or NXT or especially NXT, it's be like, what the fuck happened? Obviously, the answer is AEW and them trying to fucking a counter program, but like, just from a creator's perspective, it's like, what you like, were. What was a good idea are, with anything they did with Rhea Ripley? Not a one. Not a one. She, she comes, she challenges Charlotte for no reason other than, or to prove that she is better than the person that people compared her to, which is like not a, her problem, is an insecurity of hers. She gets her ass whooped in every fair confrontation between the two. She loses the title. She gets put in a triple threat match. And then she's the one that gets pinned. And now we are... That was July, right? Yeah. Now we're in... We're damn near November. And she has yet to get a title... Uh, get her title match or arc towards redemption against them. Only thing she's done is been doing side quest shit with Aaliyah and Mercedes Martinez and the Robert Stone brand and um what's the other thing? Oh yeah, and um fighting fucking what's her name? Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez as it's just like they really they, they really they really they really did a number to her. They did a number on her. They really did a number to her. Like it's like I can't believe, bro. Think about where we were when they brought in, um, or brought up and immediately pushed after WrestleMania 35, Lacey Evans. The first things we were complaining about, especially me, was like, Bianca. Oh, we had a long out- segment right. weeks before that. Bianca is w- just well beyond Lacey's best day ever. And if you want to just make it to where you want to compare make and model, if you will, you have Rhea fucking Ripley. And Rhea, in her matches on TakeOver, since she's been on the main, ro- or been on the main roster, been on main domestic NXT, 
She's never had a bad. Uh, Lacey Evans match. was was chosen for reasons beyond wrestling. She was like a mother. She's quote unquote marketable. She's going to be pushed to a certain segment of the audience. Um, they're going to be using her in a lot of promotional stuff. Like it was, it was nothing to where it was like, hey, this wrestler needs to be elevated. It was nothing that that was not in the thinking process. Uh, but uh, I, look, um, as far as the marketing to a certain demographic, sure. I, I'm aware of that, just like we've always been aware with her, with her MAGA gimmick, right? I, I, I guess what I'm just at is like, I cannot believe that Triple H has let this happen to Bianca and Rhea when they should be literally the two people carrying the women after Asuka and the horsewomen hang it up. Those should be the two. It's fucking obvious. It's been obvious since like 2017. During the first Beyond Classic. And this is where we are with the two. And I, look, I know they can easily fix some of this stuff or whatever else. And they've done so little with Bianca that they're not necessarily buried. They're more just stashed. But like, if you're going to do so little with them... She's been on the main roster for eight months. Right. Jam. If you want to do so little with her, why does she fucking come up? Why did you put her in the Royal Rumble and have her eliminate a third of the fucking competitors for well, her to just be put in mothballs? Well, you know why. <laughs> and also, and look. Also, right. Look at it, look look at the two Retribution women, Mercedes and Mia. The fuck are they doing? I right. think Mercedes is not in it anymore. I, whatever. She's in limbo, right? She's in limbo. Yeah. Um Look at look at Shayna. Shayna's in a fucking taxi with, with Nia Jax. Imagine. <laughs> a big head nigga couldn't even imagine to quote Lil Wayne. I just Oh boy, 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 boy. Mistakes were made. Oh, <laughs> understatement. Like I think of like this, like some of just like that outright, outright just like miss, just just destruction and misses and like not seeing what's in front of you compared to like, and then you look at AEW and you're just like, if AEW could just land two of them, please, like, I, I don't want to say please, but like. Hey man, people. When it comes to, when it comes to money, time, decision times, whatever else, people gonna make decisions. After seeing all of this, the choice is clear. Like, I don't even know if it's, like I mean, even, hell, even if your thing is like AEW don't do enough for the women, go to fucking Impact. <laughs> like, bro, do you see Sasha's um? interview like YouTube interview after Hell in a Cell no she talked about the Smackdown Women's Division she was like Carmella, Natty, Bianca she ain't she got said, a soul to defend said, that fucker again I think she said Liv Morgan and I was like yo how can they plunder all of this NXT talent over the last two years like this 
it's bro, still, it, it's still the same sorry in main the roster same, that it's been in this exactly in the same sorry shitty Mick Hart bro like if they think about think about this like some some someday along the lines there will be no Io Shirai there will be no uh, Rhea Ripley. There will be no Dakota Kai. There will be no Cancer. Probably there still will be a Cancer, but like there may not be, right? Um, or whoever else. Like, cause you see what they're doing. Like they're getting up Caden and Zaya and um Casey because you know they're. It seems like they're next. Like this will like they will be doing takeovers in the next year to 18 months they're getting them ready so that means some of this is getting dispersed it's like if they screw up with bianca and they are already dropping the ball with Rhea, nothing short with Rhea of her winning the rumble next year and beating charlotte at wrestlemania for a belt will fix what they've done to her and even then and even then you're like why the fuck you gotta hope it ain't too little too late even then you're like why the fuck you go through all that to get to this and it's like you know, they finally pulled the fucking Tony, Tony Storm card to bring her oh, in yeah. finally. So it's like, people are about, you know, over the next six months, someone's gonna call it up and I would be, I'm, I'm, you know, like, you look at EO when she signed her contract, she signed her contract in the summer of 2018. That, mm. back when they were signing three year contracts, how much longer, mm. how much longer are they gonna uh, have her around? So uh, EO might be like, fuck y'all, I'm going home. Maybe. I don't know. So, I mean, it's because like, this point is like, all right, so if she's going to be going by next summer, what's even the point of bringing her up? Potentially. Man, I uh, I, I hope that, that Al Mary can be made. You know, we get an EO over in Jacksonville. You know. <laughs> oh, I like that. Ah. <sighs> I'm trying to think who I want to see her wrestle in AEW. Aside from like Sheeta. Britt. Uh, I don't think that match would be all that good. Um Oh, uh yeah, her and her and Nyla. Her and Nyla would be good. Um Hmm. We'll see. We'll her see that one might actually be all right if they don't kill each other. <laughs> if they don't kill each other, um, you know, well, Stat Statlander's still on the way back. Like I remember, not she's, a, she's out for a while. Yeah, yeah, she'll be out for a while. So um, that's a you know by the by the time you know they hey. might they might both show up on the same show, right? Who knows? Um, yeah. Um, I have some stardom stuff, but it's. It's basically tag league stuff. Some of the matches are good. Some of them, some of them, most of the matches are good in tag league, um, but they're not like things to write home about. Like I probably, I think we're three shows in or four shows in. I probably have three matches that I want to that I say are over three and a half. Um, Bumbo and Azumi are killing it. Um, they're having great matches or very or kick ass matches every time. Um, B in Konami. God bless B and Konami. They have safe fucking away to <laughs> So there was a match in the tag league where um it was Momo and Azumi versus Saki and Nasco. And so you already know what that is. Like you know, Saki comes down with a steel chair, Nasco still has her her chain, 
and they had Utami and uh, Big Saya cornering them, right? So as they get into the ring, and the match starts, Utami and Saya grab their shit, the chain in the in, in the uh, in the chair, and run out the building. <laughs> You you will have a real match. No more hiding. No more fuck shit. And it was a good ass match. It was like, seeming to tell me that y'all have been having these lame ass garbage matches throughout the throughout the especially NASCAR throughout the Grand Prix. And then ultimately, you know, maybe that's the high, you know, NASCAR's not she's alright. She's she can have she can be carried to a good match in a singles match. But ulti- but ultimately it's like it's a it's a tag match. She's a former tag champion with Jungle in the past. Her and Saki as a tag team is a good tag team when they don't want to do bullshit. And it was just on display in this match. It's like, so you wasted my fucking time this whole time for for the last like for the summer and the and now we're in the middle of the fall. It is okay, whatever. Um, but B. In in Konami is is being Konami it, like they're just a great tag team together. Um, and her uh, they had um, a match with um, Big Saya and um, Utami. That was a good ass match. Um, that's probably the best match of the tournament. Uh, I think I gave it three and three quarters. Um, yeah, but you know I haven't tabulated the tag league stuff. They they had a show on our yesterday um i'll tabulate the stuff once that show gets out and then they have a corkin hall on uh thursday this week the main event match is a white belt match between julia and hameka uh they were in the same mm-hmm. block um in the grand prix hameka pinned julia um so that's a match um the next mayu match up is um coming up is for the red belt is november 15th in um, it's a big show. It's going to be like in Sendai Plaza, something that's like could seat like twenty seven hundred people. So it's going to be another big show. Um, you think they're going to do Utami or save Utami until the end of the year? No, nah, that match is happening November fifteenth. But yeah, man, they're setting things up. Like on last weekend's Corken Hall show, underneath Mayu and Takumi's red belt match, they had a Oedo tie versus. Donna Del Mondo, eight person tag match ahead. Um, Konami and B and Saki and Natsuko versus Julia and Natsupoi and Shuri and Micah. That was like good ass match. I think I gave it three and three quarters. Started off from the top was Shuri versus Konami in a submission and kick battle. And then like the last, I don't know. Five, six, seven minutes was B versus Shuri just going at it until they go to a draw where they're just like beating the shit out of each other. It reminded me a lot of like Momo versus Shuri at the end of their um, 20 minute draw between Don Delmondo and Queen's Quest. And they did that to set up um, Natsuko asking for a title shot for the trios belts against Don Delmondo. So I imagine that they're going to use that um, for the Cork and Hall show that they have on, I think, the 14th, like the day before 
um, that Sendai show with uh, Mayu and Utami. Um, and I believe like the main event for that um, Crooked Hall show ended up being the um, tag league winner challenging for the tag titles. Because um, I'm, I, you just think about it in my head, I think there's like four shows left. Um, the last, the weekend before that Corken Hall will be the final for the tag league. So normally the challenge, challenger challenges like the very next show or close to it. So that'd be a nice little setup for Corken Halls. Like another thing to mention uh, with Stardom is like Rossi in Bushiro is kind of slick with it. Like they've rented out these bigger buildings uh, to get the attendance they would have gotten from a Corken Hall show. And they've ran like two Corken Hall shows a month. Like they ran the semifinals of the white belt um, tournament in Corken Hall. Then they came back like a week or two later, I think two weeks later, and had the tournament between uh, final between Tam and Julia. They in August they had days one and two of the Grand Prix in Corken Hall. They had the Grand Prix final um, in Corken Hall. Then they had a Corken Hall where the main event was. Uh, white belt challenger Tam and red belt champion Mayu tagging against white belt champion Julia and red belt challenger Shuri to promote the Yokohama show. And we just, you know, we just got done with another Corrigan Hall show last week. And so, like, that's what they've been doing. Like, it's almost like the Corrigan Hall shows are right now are like the Shinkiba shows and them going to these bigger arenas are functioning as the Corrigan Hall shows like on a monthly basis now. And I got to say, like, I think it's worked very well um, over the last, you know, three, four months. Um, I think they started back at the end, very end of June. And we're here now, we're almost in November, and they gotten through a, you know, a singles tournament, they're in the middle of a tag tournament, they've had, you know, big shows, they're setting up for even bigger shows, and like, it doesn't feel like they've hot-shotted, it feels like everything, for the most part, everything is cohesive, and like, these matches, for the most part, have been on point, like the match that you're supposed to care about, like... You know, the first two matches with the kids or comedy stuff, that is what it is. But, like, once they get into faction warfare or setting up new challengers for titles or whatever else, or even, like, tag matches and faction warfare matches where two individuals just go at it and it kind of just sets up the, the trail to get you towards another match in the future, even that's all been on point for the last few months. Like, it's it's been a well-ran um promotion i think tag league so far is a better show to better tournament top to bottom than last year's that i thought was pathetic but mm-hmm. still tag league it's tag league like it's tag league yeah. <laughs> I was say, it's yeah. tag league like you get it tag league is tag league um uh but that's the end of the show be sure to raise on whatever app you're using to listen to this um tell the folks about the social place podcast network um, also, also check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash SoulSuplex and pick some official SoulSuplex podcast network merchandise. Also, be sure to check out the other shows on the network. On on Sundays, we have this show on this radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keep It A Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Rick and Clyde Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Roman Washes Shit. On Thursdays, we have the Grave Consequences Podcast. On Fridays, we have 8-Bit Suplex. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening, y'all. All right, y'all. Um, well, how will... Later. <laughs>